Hello and welcome to Gaming Fix, episode 106 on this February 1st, 2020. Wow, 2020, who would have thought? Uh, I'm your host, Andre Cole, aka your girl's favorite Fast and Furious movie. I'm joined today by Alex Galinas. I've only seen half of one uh, Fast and Furious movie. Which one? Tokyo Drift. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Uh, Also joined by Allison Saigam. I've only seen the first Fast and Furious movie, so I think I've got some hedging up to do. Didn't didn't you say you own a collection of seven of the movies? Yes, I do. (laughs) Because it was was on sale for like 20 bucks. So I was like, I think I bought that same collection. Is it like in a white white case and it has a light up speedometer? Yeah. And then it has an empty spot where you can put in the eighth movie, which I do. Wait, really? It does? Yeah. And I had it because it came out right before the eighth movie. I mean, you could probably get it on sale or oh, like a new it, one. I, like I said, I literally got it for like 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. So. No, it was real cheap for a while. Uh, yeah, they do those for every Fast and Furious film. Wait, who uh, was that that spoke? One with a space. So we have two <gasps> people who have broken protocol and talked before their turn. Don't talk Pat about interesting topics. Cotter. Hey, absolutely, we will do that. And you must not talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, and also... Rudely interrupting Sam Harrison. Uh, I live my life a quarter pod at a time. I live my life one cup of Onyx Coffee Labs, Ethiopia, Bensis, and Tawana. They didn't pay for this. Alex, bleep that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, is the video games, everybody. Should How we about them? Should we introduce hey, the interrupter? <laughs> nah, let's not uh, introduce the interrupter. We'll introduce him uh, at the end. I said, I said, Pat. No, I but, got introduced. I just oh, wasn't okay. given a chance to say anything when it gotcha. was my turn. You, gotcha. you spoke before your turn. Mm. That was your chance to speak. Uh, man, that Fast and Furious trailer, huh? Mm. Speaking of protocol, video game podcast, no Fast and Furious. Moving on. Oh, wait until you see the doc. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, there's video games. Uh, we played them. Some of us did. Some of us played kidding. the same we could, games. We could talk yeah. about Some of us like them. Okay, so I haven't seen the trailer. <laughs> What's so crazy oh. about it? I've just seen talk about the trailer. There's a lot of crazy. There's a lot of stuff work. in that trailer. Seen, okay, so spoil, spoilers for Fast, Fast Furious, Furious 9, the trailer. Yeah. But the, <laughs> the, the trailer, the trailer like spoils some things that they should not have spoiled. The trailer spoils yeah. like that entire movie, it seems yeah. like. I told I told all my friends, I was like, if you think you can go unspoiled until May, don't watch the trailer or just watch it until you see if, the logo. If you're not going to go to any movies between now and May or and, open Twitter or yeah, like everyone was <laughs> yeah, just immediately talking about it on apparently. Twitter. Uh, so, okay. So first of all, John Cena is uh, Vin Diesel's brother in this movie. His older brother, younger brother, younger. I think he's older. He specifically says younger. Oh, really? Yes. What the, when the fuck yeah. is he? Okay. So younger he brother. Says, it's my little brother. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Let's do that. Okay. Uh, it's very so, funny yeah. to think of John Cena as anyone's little anything. <laughs> Especially Vin Diesel, because they don't look alike. No. Uh, and like, fucking, 
Dominican ass Vin Diesel and the Dominic Toretto in those movies and then white bread ass New New Jersey John Cena um or no New Hampshire where he's from like New England somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he's like super spy assassin craziness like everyone in those movies now. For what it's worth, did you Vin Diesel is almost exactly 10 years older than John Cena. Okay. So, also, did you guys notice they put a lot of fake tan on John Cena? Uh, like a lot of fake tan. <laughs> I, I, I think that's, that's his, yeah. his Vin, Di- uh, Vin Diesel's real brother looks like Paul Walker, like weirdly a lot. Yes. So it's like not unbelievable if you have that context, but also it's just funny that he's got a secret now, younger brother you, that nobody knew about. Are you and, just thinking of Brian? His brother from the Fast and Furious movies, because he's like my brother. No, there is there is a there is literally a picture of Paul Walker and Vin Diesel's brother standing together, and they look they look more alike than Vin Diesel and his brother do. Than Vin Diesel and John Cena do. Uh, Things that the difference between Vin Diesel and his real brother is about the difference between uh, Dominic Toretto and whoever John Cena's character is. Yeah. Uh, so okay. yeah, it's not unbelievable with that context. Yes. Um, the, the main <laughs> character of Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift is back. The high schooler who was like 30 years old. Yeah. Uh, Lucas and, Black. Yeah. Lucas Black. He is back in the movie. He looks older now too. <laughs> he looked old then. Man, he looked old in eight. Yeah. Eight is when he showed yeah, up yeah. last. Jeez. Or was it seven? It must've been seven. Seven uh, was when he last showed up. There are scenes such as a Jeep Wrangler driving on a bridge that is falling, a rope yeah. bridge that is falling yeah. into a chasm. Is it on the moon? Yeah. No. no. Oh. Well, they don't show space in this well one. Be on but the moon because it's yeah, that's how the physics, the physics Yeah. <laughs> and then Yum. they like drive into so there's like a support chain or something left and Vin Diesel drives into the support chain and then it like drives off the cliff and then uses like the tension to like swing up onto the other side but like not the other <laughs> across side across this like not the other side massive like, chasm yeah it's, like, not it's the other an side, island like, it's literally between feet. two islands it's like yeah it's like between two mountains <laughs> It is, he uses the car, the car like Spider-Man swings across two mountains yeah. using this cable. Yeah. Wow, so it's like Indiana Jones using his whip to grab some tree branch or something. And like, If the tree branch is like a mile and a half away, yes. Wow. And it's a car. Yeah. And it's yeah. a car. Yeah. <laughs> you can't grab stuff with your car. But turns out Vin Diesel can. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Apparently I should watch Fast and the Furious. You should. Yeah, it's, it's, so, much, it's so worth it. That's what... Um, the... Uh, also, the last time we saw Lucas Black was Fast Eight, because Fast Eight was bringing the family back together. Was it? But he's not was in it seven. Fast Eight? He's an eight. He's an eight. He's only in Eight and Tokyo Drift. I, is he really? Is it they eight? go I, to they go to did, Tokyo to why? get something from him in Eight. I yeah, don't remember. That sounds what. right. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't remember the. I need to. I guess I need to watch the movies again to get the yeah, uh, story. Going to be starting that rewatch soon. Yeah. Hopefully, my uh, partner can deal with the facts and the furious movies she has not historically been interested in them oh well she hasn't watched like, start get to, her at five yeah start her at five and then you'll be good 
No, I'm going to watch them all. Uh, I mean, you can watch them all, but get her in at five and then it'll be fine. But I mean, really, she needs to watch from she needs to watch from the beginning to get the full story and the full emotional impact. That's what I'm saying. So I like Fast and Furious, too. I think that one's uh, stronger than uh, Fast Fast and Furious, the fourth movie. Agreed. That's a terrible film. Um, (laughs) You are correct, by the way, that he is in Fast 7, not Fast 8. That's what I thought. Mm, Okay. Um, he is, uh, however, in a film called Legion, where his character is called Jeep Hansen. What? <laughs> Jeep ha- Jeep Hansen yep. or Jeep Handsome? Yep. No, Jeep Hansen. Hansen okay. like the band, Jeep like the brand. Okay. I, I, I like Jeep Handsome better. Or sh- yeah. Or I think that, for that's our podcast name is Jeep, Jeep Handsome. <laughs> the big spoiler, though, from that trailer is the best character in the entire franchise yes. is back from Ludacris the dead. Ludacris has always been in it. He hasn't died. Uh, I mean, no. Fair. Uh, so Han. So you might know Han from watching half of Tokyo Drift. Yeah. Or Better Luck uh, Tomorrow. So Spoiler. Dies. Han dies at the end of Tokyo Drift. <laughs> but That's Tokyo Drift takes place in the future. So no, Tokyo yes. Drift takes place during in, in the f- I almost called it episode four. Uh, so in, in Fast and Furious at the beginning... Han is alive and you're like what the fuck is going on and then in five he's still alive and then you're like what and he's like oh I want to go to Tokyo and then at (laughs) six he's like yeah Yeah. don't go don't do it don't do it Han don't do it and then in six he's like oh I'm finally gonna go to Tokyo And, and then, then he dies at the end of seven. Like, excuse, no, no, he dies, dies in like the first half hour of seven. Well, they should that's when they go to post credits of six. Yeah, it's post credits of six that he dies. That he's like, well, they six, and then they don't show well, it in seven. No, they, they do. Watch that post credits. No, they do because okay, we have to break this down. So at the end of <sighs> okay. six, oh, post credits scene of six is they show uh, it's Jason Statham calling. Yeah, uh, from the scene. And then in seven, they have it from Dominic's uh, point of view at the house because he gets the bomb. Yeah, that's and true. And then he uh, does. It, then we get Jason Statham calling and at when the bomb blows up. So it's can, in all three of those movies. What we can say most assuredly is that Fast Nine, the ninth film in the Fast and Furious Franchise. series, Saga. will almost assuredly be better than The Rise of Skywalker. Absolutely. <laughs> The ninth film in the Star Wars. That trailer is better than Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Uh, I, I haven't seen the trailer, and I assume it's better. So that's, that's where I'm at right now. Yes. Well, I didn't hate Rise of Skywalker. I did. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, uh, that Fast and Furious game, huh? Sam, would you say that Hobbs and Shaw is the Rogue One of Fast and Furious? Uh, Hobbs and Shaw is basically a Mission Impossible film. But instead of Tom Cruise trying to be sensible and cool, it's Jason Statham and The Rock hating each other. So is the entire Ving Rhames Black Superman? Is, uh, no. But Idris Elba, okay, there are several things that happen with oh, Idris God. Elba that are great. Okay, we don't he need has, to go through all of them. <laughs> <laughs> he, has a, he has a motorcycle that transforms and can ride itself to him when he loses it. It doesn't uh, need to ride itself. And Idris Elba is bulletproof. He just catches a bullet in the first scene of the movie, letting you know exactly what's going on. All right, I'll watch this. I'll watch this movie as part of this rewatch. It's so good. Let me tell you about Idris Elba in Cats. Ooh, I mean, 
to to be like there's he a, has, the, have you have you heard that in cats he has done literally every single human crime uh God. so the implications of that yes. are what? fucking wild yep he's yeah. done every human crime i don't want to hear about that's Every crime. by whose metric? Who's who's determining what every, human crimes are? Every crime. Every <laughs> he, crime. He's gone to every country and done every crime. I mean, that presumably from, from they, misdemeanors they to federal to, offense. Yeah, they war crimes. It's, yep. Sorry, yeah. Sam. See that they had to they had Damn. to CGI Jason Derulo's package because it looked too big, mm. so they had to reduce it. I with don't CG. want to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, what do you want to talk about, Pat? Uh, the part that my I want to talk about my favorite part of the Fast Nine trailer, which okay. is the part that sold me all the way on this movie is Go when on. John Cena jumped or fell. I'm not really clear out of a like eight story window onto a moving yep. bus and then stood yep. up, and it was yeah. fine. And then Vin also, Diesel jumped out of the same window and then. <laughs> Also landed on a bus by way of catching the railing on the yeah. back of it, and then they but were a on different, two different bus. buses. <laughs> yeah, and they just stand up and look at each other like shit. As going the buses down. drive by, as if it was a, a scene in Gang Beasts. <laughs> 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 anyway, we can talk about video games now. There's I'm a bit very excited the for that. the Rock oh. just jumps out of the 80th floor of a building. That's in like multiple much. rock movies and Fast and Furious movies at this point. That's the point. The yeah, thing is, that's it's, 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 it's like so, the 80th floor. It's not like it's too third much. or fourth floor. I no, need it to be within the realm of believability. I need what's that? San Andreas, and then in Fast Six, when they or is it Fast Six? Fast Six or Fast Seven, where they drive out of out of the. Uh, Place in Abu Dhabi. Is that yeah, where it they, is? The, it's the big Dubai, yeah, I think. That's good. Yeah, Abu Dhabi or Dubai? Uh, this is Dubai. Dubai. Anyway. It's that electric car. Anyway. Uh, isn't Abu Dhabi the country and Dubai the. Sorry, mm. Abu Dhabi the city and Dubai the country? Or am I mental? I, my geography is very rusty. Places where very, very rich people live. Yes. That's, that's what I know. No one else is very uh, rusty. Abu Dhabi is the, is the capital of the Arab Emirates. Uh, this yeah. podcast, because we. Cannot say I gave Pat an out, no. but he kept talking about. <laughs> you know what's rusty is a lot of things in the game that Pat has brought today. No, oh. I don't agree. See, this is why I was kind of ready to ride the the uh, movies wave because I knew that it was going to be yet another instance of me talking about a thing I really like, and other people being like, "Meh, <laughs> eh, it's fine." That's, that's, <laughs> that's my stance on the game you're bringing. Okay. <laughs> I haven't played it yet. Uh, I'll I'll play it eventually. Uh, well, what what game have you been playing, Pat? Uh, I've primarily been playing a lot of Kentucky Route Zero this week. Well, actually, I played more Modern Warfare than Kentucky Route Zero. But I've so you're about, you're a route, not a route. Uh, Kentucky Route Kentucky Zero, route, yes. not Kentucky Route yes, Zero. It is pronounced route. Route is a root of a tree. Route is uh, the like a, a road or a path. It's like a square root thing. A square Kentucky square this root of zero. Sim- similar to how you route an invading army, which is them running away. Kentucky you, square root of zero. You don't say you root. Oh, we got it. We rooted them. That would be like a CC effect where they're stuck in place for like five seconds. It'd be a long route, but 
Route 66? <laughs> not, you say Route 66? I would okay. say Route 66, although most people do say Route 66, but I don't like that. Anyway, Kentucky Route Zero is um, a uh, like point-and-click adventure game um, that has been in development for like seven years-ish. Um, Probably eight, because it came out seven years ago. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. The first act came out seven years ago, and um, and but it's been out for uh, it's probably been development that long, and it's been what like five years since the fourth act was something, released, something like that. Yeah, it's been that long between acts. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. I knew uh, it was a long time, but I figured it was like more spread out. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, have you? Did you finish the whole thing, Alex? Which? What do you mean? Like, did you finish all of the acts? No, I am. I'm like midway through Act Two. Okay, uh, I'm. I haven't started Act Four yet, but that's my next thing. Um, and I've started uh, Act Three. I think it's real good. Um, there was a lot of like people just like I bought it in 2013 or whatever when it first came out. Really, really enjoyed Act One, and then kind of put it away, waiting to have it all be finished. Um, and then like didn't really hear people talk about it that much again until the end of last year when people started talking about it being one of the best games of the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to finish it before I can kind of get, give it that kind of assessment. I can definitely see why people feel that way though, given what I've played of it. Um, it is uh, just like the writing in it is really, 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 really good. Um, definitely like it's weird in a world where disco Elysium exists because I think it is of a similar quality to Disco Elysium. And had I played the other acts, like if I had played through the first four acts by 2015, I probably would have also been like, holy shit, this is one of the best things ever. It just so happens that we are coming off of a year with Disco Elysium in it, which is like super, super well written. So I think it feels a little less staggering um, because of that. But uh, it does a lot of like, for starters, it is like, deeply a deeply 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 american game it's a game about american politics and economics and um hardship and culture um and sort of specifically um it's about the culture of uh middle america and um sort of downtrodden communities within middle america um and i can totally see why anyone would kind of be like, I don't really have a perspective on that. And this isn't really doing anything for me. Um, there's a little bit of discourse this week about that little bit concept and it's okay to, to, to not be, to be turned off by the aesthetic and setting and tone of a thing. That's you're allowed to have that feeling. Uh, you're also allowed to express that you wish that there was as much cultural cachet from other cultures in the world as there is from America. So I think that was that whole discourse is a little disappointing because there were a lot of very smart people that were getting very offended at as Americans, which I think is a weird choice at this point in our global state of politics and stuff, but whatever. Um, I think people largely are defensive of because they just find it to be a really important thing to them. And I can obviously understand that given my relationship with certain games that came out last year. And, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to I just like. Wish there were less games about being a three a three fingered alien in space with like <laughs> shoddy spaceships. You know, it's just mm-hmm. the funny too much. part about that discourse is I don't actually. If you read into it closer, uh, the the I don't think that um, you know it's, it's pretty easy to find that it was Romney Ishmael that was talking about this stuff. I don't think anything in his tone or, or like rhetoric was suggesting that there should be less of a thing. It was more that there should be more of other things. So I thought, it's yeah. fun. I think it's funny in the first place that it blew up into this, like you think Kentucky route zero shouldn't exist when like, yeah, it was, it was, that was a bizarre yeah, thing. It, uh, yeah. The, the, the discourse felt like more like, I don't think it's it, not, I don't think it should exist, but more of like, Hey, other cultures exist too. Which yeah. Legit. Yeah, I also, I think I mentioned this in our group chat. I thought this was a weird game for him to bring that up with, given that it's been out for seven years. But Yeah, but it's in the zeitgeist. It's, it's, it's true, it's, it is in the zeitgeist. It's what everyone's talking about. But also, it's it doesn't really portray America in the same way as any other game, because like it's going at Kentucky, which is, you know, usually if Kentucky is portrayed in anything, it's portrayed as a joke at some yeah. point. It's like kind of like, oh, these, this is where the Southern Hicks live, ha ha ha. But this is like, no, yeah. this is like, this is rural communities and this is like people interacting with each other in a very human way, which is actually pretty yeah. great. And there were think- lots of conversations about that, like who responded, people who like, you know, thought things out like that. And then there were lots of people who like, you think you're, you know, you make Kentucky Red Zero look bad or you're saying it's bad or, you know, subtweeting with like yeah, some bullshit. Well, and then it's also thing to, yeah, it, it's very clear that like Rami himself didn't play the game. And I yeah. think that, that, to your point, Alex, like if he had, he probably would come away with a with with a with a better view of that sort of thing. However, I think it's very fair to just be like, it's a game. You're telling me it's a deeply American game and I don't want to play things that are deeply American right now because of, I mean, just a variety of factors, even if like the, the selling it that way is not like helpful for someone who's saying I'm sick of American things mm. and then to like. Let me tell you, if you want people to engage with something that's very important to you, the wrong way to go about it is, fuck you, you don't know anything about this. Stop talking about this thing I love. <laughs> totally. Until you play it. 100% like, that is for that. That is not yes. a helpful way to get people to engage with a thing that you love. And so I think it was like, I was very frustrated with it. In fact, it impacted my ability to enjoy the game earlier in the week because I was like frustrated with that discourse and with the people like flinging that stuff. So I had to like, disconnect a little bit and like reset to be able to enjoy the game on its own terms because it's not its fault at all. None of this is Kentucky route zero's fault. Uh, So anyway, I highly recommend it. I honestly think it's a game that's like the more you, the less you know about it going in, probably the the more effective it'll be. Um, I think it has, it's the kind of game that does the, the whole range of emotions. Like it has everything from has very funny moments, very sad moments. Um, very uh moving moments moments of like not it's not a horror game but it has moments that are like scary to think about um and then it also has like deeply boring moments too but all of it kind of serves a greater purpose there's nothing in that game that it's kind of like the antithesis of a death stranding where instead of beating you over the head with metaphor it's more kind of um presenting things and asking you to connect some dots yourself without leaving you to a like totally esoteric 
Like there's still a plot that you can follow and characters that have, have stories and motivations and arcs. So it's cool because there's just stuff that like reading reviews of acts as I played them, I was like, Oh, I didn't really think about that that way. That's really interesting. Um, so I think I understand why people think it's so impressive. Um, I think like for me, the thing that uh, so far has kind of kept it from being the, Oh my God, this is the greatest game of the, of the decade is just that they're, and this is a very personal metric. This is not something that I'm would make an argument for, for anyone else. But uh, I think if I could watch someone play through something and get the same experience out of it, um, it's a little bit less impactful for me. Um, and it's possible that I would feel differently if somebody else had the controls because there, you do select dialogue options. That's the primary element of like, choice in the game is that you know you have you usually have the option between a couple of dialogue choices and if you don't pick one you'll just never see it like what it is unless you play through the game again and they're usually pretty structural differences in that specific conversation there it's not like disco elysium where it's like diamonding out into all these different choices it's more like in a specific dialogue you're going to get different results if you Make yeah. different choices. Like one one very specific instance in the first act is when you have the choice between looking at a TV and looking at what's going on in the background. Like what exactly what's going yeah. on in the world. Yeah. And if you choose one, and, you don't get to go back and do the other. Right. So uh that is and that is cool. That is that is definitely a thing. But other than that, so far it's been like I haven't felt like what I like I, f- I feel like this could also be presented as a like really good graphic novel or a really good um, animated film or something. And so that's where I, it's like the quality of it is, it is excellent, but it doesn't have the same like pull for me as a best of the decade um, as some games, because the, it being deployed as a game hasn't yet struck me as a, like this has to be this thing. This has to be a game in the same way that something like disco Elysium and outer wilds did for me. The interactivity isn't very vital so far. As it, and I'm a little bit before you, but probably only about twenty minutes, half an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's very lightly interactive. The majority of the interaction is walking from place to place and choosing dialogue options. Yeah, I do like, however, that you can influence the story. So, if yeah. you say, for example, like uh, there's a section where they go, "What did you have for breakfast?" And my character, I chose to say, oh, I had char- I had breakfast with another character. And then later on, they do a flashback to that breakfast and you get to see that and happening. That's a, that's a good point. I think maybe part of my thing is I'm not recognizing all of the instances where that's occurring. And maybe if I saw it a different, like if I played it again, I would start to understand that. It's maybe just more subtle about it than something like Disco Elysium. Disco Elysium is like so in your face about like you just made a choice, even even though it doesn't go all the way and do the like so and so will remember this thing. It still is so clear that like, oh, I just I clearly just made a choice that will change things because it changes like the state of the world usually. Um, so it could just be that I'm not seeing those things because they're so fluid and natural within the game's presentation. Um, and uh so uh, I'm excited to, to to wrap it up, though, because it's I mean, the story is is quite good. 
Uh, and that's exciting and cool. Uh, yeah, I think the thing that uh, is interesting to me is so like one of my favorite games of the decade is gone home, which is one of my favorite mm-hmm. games just ever period. Um, and I think an interesting thing in, in gone home is like, you don't make any choices in gone home. There's nothing in that game that is, that is choice based. However, because of how visceral and present your interactions with the environment are, that's one of those things that to me could only be a game. Like it, it doesn't work as a book or a movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's interesting the way that different games that are in that game of the decade space approach the idea of interactivity. Um, and like the idea of like the reason this had to be a game is this rather than just being a great novel. So that, yeah. that part of it, I, I really, I find really fascinating and um, it's cool to see it finished. And from whatever, what everyone says, the final act against all odds, they actually like made good on the story that people were so are so like head over heels for. So I'm very excited to close it out. Well, uh, is it something that you'd recommend to pretty much everybody here or? Yeah. Definitely. I think, I think it's, I think it's a, it's a homework style game. I think if you're interested in video games as a medium, it's kind of something that everyone should play. Um, because I I think Andre might, yeah, I I wouldn't say it was a homework game at all. Personally, it feels Mm -hmm. just, it feels like a, a mashup between a visual novel and an adventure game. Yeah. It has, a lot of conversation and dialogue in the same way a visual novel would have. But um, there is an avatar that you move around and you need to kind of solve stuff in the same way you do in an adventure game. So, yeah, I wouldn't... Whilst I have said, and I you know, I haven't said on, on the podcast, so I'm not on record, but I am, I've been on record in our chat group as saying that the interludes are extremely pretentious and boring... Uh, I think the actual chapters are really good and totally worth playing. Yeah. I think from a writing perspective, if you have any interest in narrative design, I guess if you don't care at all about like narrative, you don't need to play it. But I I think like you care about narrative design, which to me is like, I guess for me, that is the most important part of video games. So um, maybe that's why I, I feel strongly about people playing it, but I think it's a pretty core um, it's pretty core to the way that narrative design has developed over the last decade and like whether it influenced things or was influenced by things, it's either way a really interesting peek into those things. Are you um, meaning narrative mm. design is in the somewhat branching paths or just the general yeah. like, tone of writing? No, not the tone of writing. I mean like the the way that the writing hangs together based on dialogue choices that you make and based on like moving through the world and stuff like that. And based on like timing and things, because there's times when you can see certain pieces that are kind of feel um, ancillary to the plot, but also fill out the world a lot. Um, the way that the interludes inter- interact with the stories and the acts, all of that stuff is what I'm talking about. Uh, I mean, the writing is just very, very good, but you can get very, very good writing from a lot of things. Um, I think the thing that makes it something that is important to play is more the way that the it's constructed. Um, so yeah, I'm curious why Alex thinks I won't like it. I think the you way don't shoot me zombies. Yeah, that. But also the way it does the pretentiousness does kind of get in the way of it occasionally for me. Uh, in the way of enjoying it, I know that sometimes you can get a little eye rolly with that kind of stuff. So 
Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I feel like you would probably end up eye rolling your way to shutting off the switch or whatever um, in some instances with how far it goes. But uh, not to say it's bad or not, like, yeah. that it's poorly executed. It's just kind of like very proud of how clever it's being, mm-hmm. I guess. Interesting. And, and doesn't get that from it. But uh, yeah, I personally did. But I don't know. I think it's. Uh, again, I played the first episode or first chapter or whatever, uh, first act when it came out in 2013 as well, and I really, really enjoyed it then. And playing it again in 2020, I thought it was fine. Like, I don't know, I, there was some parts of it that I thought really aged poorly, like extremely poorly, like specifically uh, near the end when you're controlling something that is not explicitly your character, like mechanically. Or- Cor- correct. Okay. Where where. Uh, Let's say it's like a train car, basically, and you're moving oh, this thing. And like, there's one. I was like, oh, I want to kind of explore every possible place we could go to with this thing. And to go from one end to the other, I timed it took 50 seconds. And there's nothing going on in those 50 seconds. You're literally just holding the stick left, and it's just like you're just watching did, this thing move. <laughs> did you have your light you on? Tur- you got to turn your light off. I did turn yeah, it off. If too. You turn the light off. Mm. There's yeah. a lot of stuff going on around you if you turn it's, it off. Yeah, it tells like the whole story of that. Okay, yeah. I didn't do that much. There's of that, loads so. of stuff to watch. The, the, in in fact, I think the poor thing in that sequence is they should make you turn your light off if they're going to show they you. They should the just stuff not give you a light for that section. Yeah, because there's there's so much going on. It's Fair not enough. really a spoiler to say it tells you the story of that area in shadows that cool. are played off of like sparks coming off of the train car. So hmm. with the light on, it definitely feels like a boring fifty second. Slot like exactly what you described. Um, so, That's fair. Maybe I should go yeah. re-explore that with the light off the whole time. Because I kind yeah. of like I kind of flicked it off and on, just being like, "What does this even do?" Yeah, <laughs> there's moments like that. Ruins the that experience. Are, That's what it does. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, does anyone have? Does anyone have any other closing thoughts on Kentucky Route Route Route? Route zero? I would say root personally, as someone who's adept at putting it, use in words that you guys don't have use. So I'll I'll have it, more. It opinions. has a U in it. <laughs> I'll, I'll get back to Kentucky Rut Zero when we get to the end. When I get to the Did end. Of rut? rut Zero. Yeah. Rut is is rut is categorically false. I'm just adding a third <laughs> option for whoever wants it. Rute. It's like it's like when Greg Miller says rough for roof. That's a that's Chicago like a Midwest thing. thing. That's yeah. a Midwest thing. I don't. I agree with you that it is roof. I do not say rough as someone from, like largely from the Midwest, but it is a Midwest thing. Like a Central Midwest. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, break it down uh, categories. Uh, okay, moving on. Peter's ready for us to move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Allison. Yeah. Sorry if you guys can hear that. Oh, it's fine. Like, it's fine. Screaming children uh, is all good. It's Todd uh, Howard it's just cute. got some bad news about Fallout 76. They they stole more people's it still items. Exists. Has, yeah, Todd Howard, has Todd Howard received any good news about Fallout 76? I'm sure yeah, they only tell him good news. They're just like, people love it, Todd. <laughs> Don't go on Twitter. We're going to Elder Scrolls 6. And when they We're did the whole, do- like, they did the whole E3, like, you have some concerns. Like he's just like, I don't know what you're talking about, but okay. Your concerns are there's not enough Fallout 76, but we've got more, so don't worry. Uh, don't worry, yeah. it's so good you're going to want to pay for it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
Anyway, speaking of so good, you're going to want to pay for it. Allison has been playing some games. I have. (laughs) Pay for the games, not for you. Okay, good. Thank you. I appreciate that clarification. But Allison is so good. You want to pay her. Somebody pay Allison. Oh, yeah. Somebody pay me. I love that. Uh, So uh, I've been playing more of Tokyo Mirage Sessions uh, because I finished uh, Digimon uh cyber story cyber sleuth so on to the next jrpg um but yeah no tokyo mirage sessions is definitely very fun uh it's definitely like kind of persona light but i feel like the setting of it is is very much up my alley especially since i like uh japanese idol culture so there's definitely uh it's it's the setting is very much exciting. So this I've, is your second time through, right? Uh, I played a decent amount of it on the Wii U, but to be honest, it's I don't know how much of it I really remember <laughs> because I'm I'm playing it. I'm like, oh yeah, this part, and it like I'm still getting surprised. So mm-hmm. yeah, but it, no, it's 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 definitely especially if you like me or somebody who wanted something like a persona on the switch and you know, Oh, they're not going to put persona on the switch. Uh, yeah, the closest thing is maybe Tokyo Mirage sessions, but the setting is really good. Uh, the, uh, the whole session ability where you basically, uh, love it. Love it that it so is much. so addicting to set those, to be able to get those set up. Yeah. Because, I- when you see all three characters attack at once, you're just like, yes. So, so it's very, very exciting um, to do that. But it's 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 a very, very uh, Japanese game because uh, it's very JRPG, but also uh, has that uh, Japanese entertainment industry. This to it, but I, I think that's kind of what makes it appealing to me. Awesome. So I'm I'm. Yeah. It's pacing seems a lot better than Persona in general. That's what I was going to say. That's true. It depends on what you want from it. Cause like it doesn't have so much of like the daily life stuff where yeah. you're not like going yeah. to the library and like, oh, I'm going to study I, and get my stats up. A, and to a be much honest, more linear story. Yeah. And, and to there's be honest, no like daily schedule. It's just I go I like out and of, do whatever thing you want. I like the events stuff. I like I, I like how there is a story to it, and you don't pick what you do every day and mm-hmm. raise your stats. I kind of miss it's a it. Nice change. I miss, I'm. It's. I, I think it's a. It's a different game. So I think that there's yeah. definitely, you know, benefits to. Hey, this is a linear story, so the pacing is just is definitely going to be a little bit more. Uh, there, but at the same time, I feel like, especially with this kind of setting, especially like of you working in an entertainment industry. Uh, I think it could have been interesting to have that day to day schedule, especially if you're trying to balance uh, regular life plus entertainment industry plus you're uh, defeating uh, Mirage's life. I think that could be interesting. But I think like part of it to me for me, I haven't played nearly as much of this game as you have, but I think what it's driving home is that. I found the daily life stuff in persona five to be significantly less interesting than it was in persona four. Um, yeah. So like when I think about how persona four is paced, it's brilliant. Like that, that's, it's just, it's actually like pretty much perfect. Like I don't have any 
it never felt like it got in the way at all. And it always felt like an exciting thing to end a day and go to the next day because what was going to happen. And even if it was like little things like I'm not, there's not going to be any story events, but I'm going to go and do these four tasks before I hit the dungeon. That was so fun to like, to do and plot out because that world, like the town was so charming and the characters were so fun to be around. Whereas for me, as someone who didn't, play that far into persona five. I think the reason I didn't play that far into persona five was because it was missing that. And it was more like there were good characters. I'm not saying like all the characters are bad or anything, but the moving through the world was just not as interesting. It's also an extremely slow starting game. Like persona persona Mm. five, like it takes a long time for you to get. Yeah. It takes a long time for you to get to being able to like freely do stuff and not be yelled at to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah, Honestly, I just assumed you got yelled at to go to bed forever. <laughs> Pretty much, like, uh, actually. And I, I think um, they're changing that, but yeah. I will say, playing TMS, the little that I have, and I don't have time for this because I'm, I have two JRPGs to play, but Ooh. it does, between TMS and uh, Dragon Quest, but it does make me more interested in playing Persona 5 Royal when it comes out because I did never get that far into that game. And playing TMS is like, you know, I really do enjoy the aesthetic and style of these games from like a mechanical perspective. So, yeah, yeah, I think, no, I think no, sorry, please yeah. go for it. Oh, no, and I was just going to agree that I, I, I think that's one of the main uh, draws to at least for me of games like the personas, the general aesthetic and the general setting. So mm-hmm. uh, so that so that's another it, it's nice to have another game that kind of has that. Yeah, and I think uh, specifically with Persona 5, if they tighten up some of the stuff that was particularly bad about that game, like I, I think, think you could, you, to. you could, yeah. But if they did, you could have an ideal <laughs> experience that's even close to Persona 4. But uh, no, it wouldn't be because they still have Yusuke in there and he's terrible. But other than that, <laughs> like, yeah, like, I mean, Yusuke's uh, affectionately terrible, which is why I like him. A big part of pers- why I didn't play Persona 5 too is I read about a lot of the like, kind of shitty ways they handle uh oh that uh, that's been like all the persona games there's some yeah. of that in four there's, there's some I of it in four i think it, there's not so much in three i don't remember that much in felt, three but from what i was reading it seems oh, like it's particularly that. bad in five yeah like it's worse not, than in four it's not great it's got some uh yeah are we talking are we talking LGBT about yeah are we talking about those two characters it's just the, the fact show? that alice is seems homophobic in like the not in like a hateful way as much as they like they're literally afraid of of like people who are lgbtq like yeah that's the impression that i get is that they find that whole thing terrifying and so they can only represent those characters as like villains which is they're not presented as villains in persona 5 so much as they're presented as inept which is kind of shitty or not or in some ways almost worse it is it is like (laughs) shitty and like pedophiles also yeah that's more the part that i'm referring to yeah uh but anyway that's that's kind of a i haven't actually seen that stuff myself i just read about it from people who i respect and it sounded pretty bad it's in there and it's it sucks that it's in there because there's no reason for it to be other like they're not characters in the game really other than they show up and they're like ooh, yuji yeah they show up like three like three or four times that's it yeah yeah and, and that's all they do between that. And then a lot of the Catherine stuff, I was just like, man, this company fucking sucks. 
<laughs> so that was part of why I kind of never got around to it, but perhaps I will. And I will just do it knowing that there is problematic stuff happening in it. Yeah. And yeah, that's that, kind of uh, where I'm at with, with, with a lot of like Atlas games. But um, I'm not really, yeah. although I, although I, I say this, but I still don't think I'm ever going to pick up uh, the new Catherine. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like it's because it's, that's, that's less. Yeah. 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 That whole but, thing sounds weird. But you know yeah. what isn't shitty and is a good Atlas game? It's Tokyo Mirage Session. Uh, yeah. well, there's some shitty stuff in there too, from what I've heard. But <laughs> it's I, the, if you're talking about the pickup scene, it's not that bad. I did it. It's it's just dumb. It's uh, not, there's nothing like awful in it. What what I have heard is more the way that it sort of um it it, it sort of uh, trivializes that whole concept when that culture is just pretty problematic, not just in Japan, but around the world. Um, And then also there is a lot of kind of icky stuff as there is in American pop music too. to clarify. I'm not trying to, 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 to call out Japan specifically, but idol culture in America, in Japan, in, in Korea, like all around the world is, has extremely problematic elements and that it just kind of is like, but everything's great. And it's not, I mean, I don't know that you should expect that game to be some kind of epic takedown of. Well, especially since this is like a company that's a front to fighting mirages. And so it's not really like, I don't even know if it's even supposed to be representative of a real company. I just can understand why it's just stuff you should, I think like be aware of going into yeah. these Although, kinds of games less than I'm trying to period purity test that game. No, I, I, I think that makes sense. I just, I also just think that, um, especially as somebody that follows J pop discourse a lot, uh, people definitely overstate issues with it. Like a lot. Yeah. Like they, they say like, Oh, this one thing happened. Ergo, this is, uh, a problem with that is, rife within the industry or J-pop stands are upset. Right. (laughs) Or like, or like, Oh, they, uh, I, I've, I've seen people spread like, Oh, this thing totally happens when there's, it's just pretty much made up. So it's, it's not, I mean, there are, there, I I don't want to minimize there that there are problems because there 100% are, but I think there is a level of, um, overstating it especially since mm-hmm. like you said there's problems in the music industry globally and the the review that i read of the game that was interesting i think it was pretty long-winded about this stuff in a way that's kind of like it seems like seemed like the author maybe wanted to talk more generally about idol culture rather than this game specifically so i, I do think that like the subject of the game the game can be a game uh and it's and it's okay but I would actually they were, be really interested to see if you could, if you could send that over to me. Yeah, I'll find it. They, they yeah. were the, one of the things they talked about. And again, this is a global problem that is not even really just specific to Japan is that, you know, there's just a global problem of like sexualizing and, and objectifying the aesthetic of young women. Mm-hmm. Um, and that while for the people on this call, I know for you specifically, Allison, like a lot of aspects of like K-pop and J-pop, it's like cute and not creepy that they are selling it to be creepy. Like they are right. selling it to creepy men who find that aesthetic um, like very appealing for creepy reasons instead of it's cute. <laughs> so 
that that's kind of more what this reviewer talked about, but I don't know that Tokyo Mirage sessions is the thing that should be like solving that problem. (laughs) I think you are right, but I think that may be like 1% of the population that actually enjoys it. And the rest are kind of a silent 99% or at least something. Oh, for sure. Like I I think believe that I don't, those are made up numbers. Maybe it's more like 5% or like 10% at highest. But like, I think you are right that those people do exist, but it's kind of, also kind of crappy to dismiss the rest of the people who actually legitimately enjoy it. I oh, guess. I don't intend to, to especially to do that like either. since I have met like some of the adult men who are really into it uh and they're all they all seemed like genuinely good people. Yeah, totally. I, like I, yeah, like so I would feel a little bit weird saying like, "Oh, if I'm seeing that some adult man is observing this and I like, I'm not going to assume they're creepy." And it, it's it might be just a range of experiences. Every single adult man not in this podcast group that I've said that I like K-pop too, but primarily girl groups and less guy groups has said to me, <laughs> I get why me too. Yeah. And so like, I've never encountered someone again, outside of people in, in, in our podcast, never encountered someone who is like legitimately into like the sound of K-pop music. It's always about is that the like ladies are sexy. <laughs> more of a, a culture thing though, because like, when I'm talking about this, I'm, I, I'm including people that I've met who came from Japan to go to shows uh, in the U.S. Who you've encountered more of than I have. Yeah. It's very possible that it's a culture thing. Um, Where it's like, oh, I get like there's it's less unusual that you would be into a girl group if you were a dude. It's but, not yeah. unusual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah. Man, I want a J-pop cover of that or a K-pop either oh, one. God, it it I, probably exists somewhere. I <laughs> I want it to God. exist so bad. There is <laughs> one of my favorite J-pop groups did a cover of uh Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. What? It is what? extremely good. It is you extremely good. I will on. send it over. It is uh I'm currently working on a list of my top uh 75 J-pop songs wow. of, the, of the decade. Uh and it, that is on it. That's amazing. Uh, uh, all right. Well, back to <laughs> Tokyo Mirage Sessions, the gameplay part. Uh, <laughs> the way it... So in Persona, with your main character, you can like cycle through a bunch of different Personas. That's like the why your character is so special. Basically, you've got the Joker, uh, the Joker Arcana or whatever it is. And so you can like cycle through different Personas and have a whole bunch of different abilities. But in this one, you're not able to do that. You're, you have a set number of abilities or like a set preset um, selected number or yeah, selection of abilities. And so it can be difficult to figure out like, okay, what should I keep? What should I get rid of? I don't know like what is actually valuable um, at this point. And so far in chapter three, I have not been able to like, there's no way to like relearn a skill. If I'm like, Oh, I got, I shouldn't have gotten rid of that skill. I should go, relearn it i guess in chapter four that becomes a thing you can do and you can f- swap people out on the fly in the middle of combat for like you know to get different weaknesses covered or you know to session things but you have to have the main character in at all times mm-hmm. uh itsuki, itsuki um so it's interesting and kind of challenging to deal with that because it's also it's three people instead of four uh compared to persona but like the basic um kind of ideas of 
like you have like a certain certain weapon or you've got like certain kinds of attacks like you've got like wind magic and fire magic and all that kind of stuff and certain enemies will be weak to that and then if you hit them with a weak thing they'll be uh they'll be uh what's support oh then you can session off of it i'm like yeah. have the persona 5 stuff and the tokyo mirage session stuff in my head so i can't get them straight now because <laughs> it's like they're similar concepts um but they're different enough that i think it's very fast and snappy and satisfying as you unlock more abilities and stuff. Oh, for but sure. It's you, just, there's keeping, it's a lot more challenging than persona. I think and I'm playing on hard. So that's probably part of it. I might turn it down at this point. Cause I'm just like, I don't want to have to grind too much. Well, yeah, this point, I, you can I change I'm, it at any time. Yeah. You can change it down and up at any time you like. Yeah. I it's was, great. I'm playing it on normal and I had a, an experience where I was going into the first dungeon. Uh, I was decently far in the first dungeon, but I hadn't saved like in a long while because the, I was a the, dummy. The first first dungeon, like the tutorial dungeon. Oh or no, like no no the, no! Okay, the, the first the, like the first like real real one where they okay. have the where you're in uh, Shibuya. You you have three people and yeah yeah yeah. Like I the first like real dungeon I was in yeah. it, and I'm assuming oh this is gonna be a breeze. And then I died and I hadn't saved it like so fucking yeah. long. So no, it's I, happened to me a few times. And I was like, so now I am very, very like vigilant about saving this, this game yeah. because I had lost like a, a good chunk yeah. of time to that. But I was, I was surprised cause I was, I like, I, I, I was just like, Oh, surely there'll be nothing that will be that hard, but it actually, uh, killed me so yeah it's it's something where i don't know if it's necessarily been that i I, i'm still just in chapter two so i'm not very far but i i it's it's one of those things where uh you you just have to be careful and maybe i would say you might assume sometimes it feels unfair with like the amount of damage being put out yeah Uh, you can if you want to go uh, there, there's a trading area, so you can yeah. kind of grind up levels if you want to, but it's uh, kind of bad. It kind of sucks. Opinion. Yeah, like a lot. But Maybe mementos was bad. Yeah, uh, that like they did like interesting story stuff in mementos at least, and like side quests in Tokyo like, Mirage sessions. It's literally just go in here to grind. Here's a map where you can grind. And it's they say, be careful. You don't want to grind too much because it, make, it might make the game less fun. And you're just like, well, OK. Yeah. And there's like a bunch of different like places you can go into. And then there's like this, the one that unlocks like over the course of the story. And you get like special items and costumes in there and abilities. Yeah. yeah. The, there's a lot of like extra stuff like on the sides. I don't know how much of that is DLC. I like, think some I think, of it might be, but yeah, like the Joker costume, I'm pretty sure is DLC. I mean, yeah, um, but yeah, Persona Joker, not DC Joker. Uh, uh, so we no live in stairs. a society. What was that? There's no stairs. No stairs. Oh, from the, because Joker. Oh, I, uh-huh. dances, there's lots of the stairs in this game. Yeah. Okay. It, Tokyo, I mean, it's it's, uh, a, it's not a bad movie, so you know. Oh. Lucas, let let me just pitch something to you. Tokyo Drift Sessions. Oh yes. I will play that video game. 
It's the same game, but you play as Vin Diesel. How about Tokyo Mirage Sessions hashtag FF? And do you get to choose Fantastic. if Paul Walker wears glasses or not? <laughs> no, because you're not the 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 your personas or whatever the they're they're fantastic they're Fantastic Four, a different FF. <laughs> they're Fast and Furious characters. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> okay, this would be great. So you, Itsuki's it, like persona is Dom. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And uh, you drive and instead of a Pegasus, it's a Dodge Challenger. Just comes like hydraulicking also, out off of from off screen. And runs over all the, the enemies. Concert, instead of the battles being a huge concert, it's a drag race. Yeah, and you stand yeah. on the bonnet of your car to fight the enemies, and all the fights are in motion. They're all on the yeah. six, six minute long runway from front of a fast six. And one of the fights oh, okay. has you swinging across a bridge with your car. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Oh, to summon. We're just, just summon talking about the Fast and Furious trailer. And again. Or sure. <laughs> okay, Which, wait, no, yeah, wait, no, I mean, stop I mean, talking. We gotta, uh, we gotta pitch, we gotta flesh this out and pitch it. Uh, we also I think we've need got a to, game. I think if we're going to talk about Fast and Furious anymore, they need to advertise on this podcast. <laughs> no, you know what? I will give Fast and Furious free advertising. <laughs> yeah, it really will, needs one thing I will do. Yeah, no, that is, <laughs> yeah. that is one thing I'm okay with. If there's one uh, franchise that's struggling, you know that it's the Fast and the Furious franchise. Well, they couldn't get The Rock back, so... I, mean, uh, I don't the, think they. I think Vin Diesel was like, "No, you did your own movie. You're out of here." But, so sad. So I, he'll probably be. He'll in it be somewhere. back for ten, surely. I hope. I when like they, Rock a lot. Where? Where can they? Do they go to another universe for ten? Wait, if they go to space and nine? What, wait, sorry, one second. What was the Rock's catchphrase in like the nineties? Uh, can you smell what the Rock is cooking? Well, Allison. Could you smell what The Rock was cooking in oh. a certain video game? Oh, shit. <laughs> what a transition. I love what, it. What did The Rock also serve deliciously? Can, can we get The Rock on Bon Appetit? Oh, Probably. What a get. What you a get. said it, it's, and now I won't be happy until it happens. <laughs> Guys, You've it's taken it's, away my happiness by it not existing and you saying it. As I was it's put bon it out appetit, in the universe. It's not Bon Appetit. There's no E. <laughs> bon Appetit is a different channel. I will say, as a French speaker, oh, I gotta go register on Pornhub. As a French speaker, it, yeah. is, it is ball. But, anyways. <laughs> anyways, uh, Cook Serve Delicious 3 just came yeah. out. It is on early access, but it actually it feels ex- really polished for uh, early access. It's just more that they're uh, adding new features. Uh, and adding new regions because that's right. This one is on a truck because you're in a food truck. Uh, it, it's so I don't know if you guys uh, got deep into that cook serve delicious lore. Uh, no, which, I played the first one. I played the first one. I've well. never played a cook serve delicious. Oh, they're so good! You should play. Yeah, they're really good. I'm reinstalling the, both the fir- of the ones that I own. The first one is uh, currently on sale for on Steam for. Two dollars and forty nine cents. That's a good deal. It's, yes, it's, it's good. A, it's a very, you would like it, Sam. It's a very, very good game. But if you get if you read a lot of the so one of the things that I think is really uh, under seen in these games is that there is a uh, like if you read the descriptions of foods and you read the 
you know, just like the kind of flavor text. There's a lot of like really good humor in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're genuinely really funny. But if if you run closely in some of them for in the first two games, you realize, A, this game is taking place in the near future. It is not taking place now. And B, it is kind of a post-apocalyptic future. And so uh, Cooks Are Delicious <laughs> 3 leads totally into that. And your uh, restaurant from 2 literally gets blown up. And you uh, and, and uh, two robots find you. And then you go on the road with your wow. food truck. I didn't uh, know any of this. It's... This- it's all true. Wow. It's also the basically the plot of Overcooked yeah. where there's the apocalypse and you have to go back in time. Oh, but you're not like, but, but with Overcooked, you're trying to stop it, right? Whereas here yeah. it's like, yeah. whereas here it's like, oh, it happened. like this is, this is near future America. Shit has gone down. You just got to cook through it. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's funny that there are multiple cooking, like cooking based games that are deal with the apocalypse in some way. Yeah. It's very amusing to me. But anyway, well, it's also like, you know, there's still stuff going on and still like, it's not like, you know, a Mad Max type apocalypse. It's just more of like general dystopia, dystopian future, uh, where there are like, you see the map of the United States and there are certain bits that are just like missing. And you're like, what happened there? Uh, including Minnesota, so uh, rip me. Um, I'm dead, apparently, in this game. But anyways, so with all of that, the main thrust of the game is that it's a cooking game where you are running this restaurant. Uh, but since this is a uh, uh, like a food truck game, the general... Uh, um flow of the day is is different because whereas in previous games you would have just be doing an, an entire day of cooking and you'd have these rush hours at uh like lunch and dinner time respectively here it's you're uh going from stop to stop in a certain area so uh for instance if you're playing a level there might be three or four stops um and in between the stops, you can do all of the preparation you need. Like you're not getting any, uh, not getting any orders coming in because there's nobody there. But once you get to those stops, it is full on like busy, busy, totally. and things are moving very, very fast. So you're so as you're driving, you see the like how much time you have left, and you're trying to um, prepare. Uh, food for the holding stations, which is um, something that they added into uh, is like ready to serve uh, kind of holding food and also just uh, getting some additional orders that are presumably being called in, uh, which, but then it, once, once you get to those or those areas, it is pure chaos in a way that uh, if you've played the other games, you might understand because this is not necessarily like a casual I'm going to cook and it's going to be kind of a chill game. It is, it is intense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's not, it's not like overcooked. It's not like a fun party game in that sense. This is more stressful. It's kind of like a rhythm game at times. Like, yeah, because 
because I, I I've played it on uh, I I've played two on Switch a little bit, but re- I really but I really struggled with that because I I am so used to playing it on PC um, yeah. because you uh, are basically kind of typing out the little uh, each food and using different keys to input and there's just I just don't know how to do it without that large yeah. number of keys to input uh, it's but. Uh, yeah, it's it's a kind of like a rhythm game, but also you're uh, trying to manage all of your uh, large number of customers that mm-hmm. are are coming in and very quickly wanting food. It's it's stressful, but at the same time, once you get like good at it, it is a very very kind of cool stress where you're like, I got this, and typing and th- things are running around. Um, some of the big uh, changes from two to three is that there's no longer any uh, other chores. Like in previous games, like one and two, uh, occasionally there'll be something like, oh, you need to take out the trash or you need to wash the dishes. Whereas this is just like, nope, it's it's all done, which is kind of nice um, because r- really you just kind of want to be... It, 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 like those those would be t- tricky and kind of take you out of the zone whereas here this game is basically trying to keep you in that zone and, and the the best addition i've like maybe seen to any game from one iteration to the other is that there is a button uh where one of your robot companions can serve all of the ready dishes so you just press it and all of the dishes that are ready are just gone and they're served uh so it, it it just feels super satisfying to click that button and then six spots open up. Uh, but are they delicious? Uh, yeah, because I'm cooking it. So. Oh okay. Yeah, and you're also cooking like dongo and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, because because the, the the other thing that's really good about this is that there's a lot of really cool foods in here. Uh, they I think are I don't think they've taken any foods out of the game and instead keep adding more foods and keep adding going more and more international. So there's uh, like just a, such a wide variety of different foods that are all very beautifully illustrated that you make to the point where uh, it's not a good idea to play it hungry because you're going to want <laughs> the food, but it's, 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 I, it's probably, my favorite of the kind of cooking restaurant type game, just because it gets really intense. But then once you get in the zone, it feels just so satisfying, especially now with the serve all button and you just click it and it's just like everything clears off. It's it's just so satisfying to do that. One of the ways I would maybe describe it to someone who's never played it is like stressful meditation. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Yeah, it's very much like a flow state kind of game. Totally. Like you 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 get in a groove and then you're very like it feels very like sort of in the same way that a rhythm game can where you're just like this is so good and nothing is going to like I can't I don't I'm not thinking about anything than maintaining this. Exactly. So it becomes very meditative. Yeah. Yeah, and you start learning um especially if you're playing on PC, like you start learning some of the inputs for certain foods really almost like instinctively. So they're, um, I'm not quite there yet with three, 
But I know that especially playing one, there'd be certain foods that I'd be making and it would just be like, oh, something comes up and I don't even have to look or think about the stuff that I'm putting in. So it does get to the, that kind of meditative quality. Like you're, if, if you're making lasagna and like, I would just be like, oh, OK, I got this and just cl- like type it all out. And it's it's just uh, it's just a I, I, I just think it's a very, very fun game. And I'm very excited that this one came out. And uh, I feel like uh, Cook, Serve, Delicious 2 was fun, but I feel like the the progression was a bit stronger in the first game. Uh, whereas here, it's it's just entered early access, but it, I, I feel like it already feels a little bit more uh, polished than 2. And uh, they just released kind of the roadmap for what they're going to be releasing in the next several months. And it looks like they're going to be adding a lot more content, um, but also just kind of, but also doing the polishing up. So uh, three is definitely, uh, the first two are super, super cheap on Steam right now. So I definitely recommend picking those up. But but three is also might end up being my favorite because of the kind of quality of life improvements. Yeah, that's really cool. That's that makes two early access games in 2020 that feel super polished between this and Temtem. Like they both feel like or from what you're saying, I haven't played Cooks or Delicious 3, but from what you're saying and what I've played of Temtem, like those both feel like complete packages or like polished, like ready for retail almost except for the content. Oh, for sure. I think that's really what it is because I know that I was um I was a little bit nervous about picking it up because I generally don't want to pick up too many early access games, but I I think that the gameplay and how it's it, it feels very very polished, um, and it feels like it feels like a really good use of early access. Where hey, there's all this we have all this content that's ready, so you might if if I know if you like these games, you might want to uh, buy it and play it right now, but. Uh, but they're actually, I think, planning it for it to leave early access in about maybe five or six months. So they have like a full plan to not have it be in early access indefinitely, which is, which is good. Uh, unrelated, is it they or is it still just the one guy? Uh, it's mostly the one guy, uh, David Galindo, uh, but... Right. I know that there are other people who do who contribute some writing, who contribute some art. Now the two robot friends have uh, voice acting, so oh, it's cool. it's mostly him. Sam can play it, <laughs> <laughs> so it's mostly him. But there I, I, there are other people that uh, contribute. Awesome. for sure. Good to know. But, yeah, but yeah, it's they're planning for the it to re, uh, re, leave early access. Uh, by the summer, so uh, that's I I think it's quite cool. And they're each month they're adding multiple new ta- like territories that you can go to and features and uh, stuff like that. So support All your right. indie devs and buy Cooks Are Delicious three. Also, mm-hmm. yeah, I really love the way the original Cooks Are Delicious got really popular. And like I, I don't know if you all know that story. It basically was because the giant bomb quick look happened that like the game got any attention because they were the first press outlet to actually give it attention. 
and then from there mm-hmm. it exploded, and now you know now they're in their third game. So yeah, and now I think I think they said that the series itself is like sold over a million copies. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Total, which is which is so great, uh, and I, I I think it's really well deserved. Um, but yeah, uh, I I know that I haven't gotten to burgers in this one, but I know that he patched into the first game and in all other games a tribute burger to uh, Ryan Davis, yep. which is cool. The Taz, yeah. the Taz well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he has, the, there's a burger that's literally called the Ryan Davis. So. Oh, I thought it was called the Taz well. My bad. Either yeah. way. Uh, yeah. That I thought, didn't Cook Serve Delicious 2 come out really recently? Um, Am I crazy? I thought it came out with like maybe Let maybe 2017 you. or something. Yep, 2017, September 13th, yeah. 2017. Which is okay. kind of crazy considering how it feels. This feels like the length between lot. Cook Serve Delicious One and Cook Serve Delicious Two was like way long, wasn't it? Mm, it's was like 2013 to 2017. I'm looking at it right now because I've yeah. seen it. It was like four years. Mm, okay. Whereas I I I think that some of the like art assets. Um, they were able to bring from two to three. So I'm wondering if there is three feels like two feels like it was a, it was was a bigger, it was a big jump, but maybe not necessarily quite as polished. Whereas three feels like taking the good things about one and two, but then like super polishing it and adding new foods and adding new mechanics. Yeah. But I am a fan of the series and uh, always feels like there's a quite a bit of uh, good content to be had. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Sam, Sam, can you talk? He says maybe, in our, maybe. he says in no. our group chat, not right now. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, then Alex, it's your turn. All right. This is the part that's going to make Pat happy because none of this is about video games. I will say, don't don't spoil. Hell me. yeah! <laughs> I don't, don't, no spoilerino. Okay. Well, how about this? We can do one thing that's video game adjacent. Um, yeah. Because we already talked we've, about. We've been talking about one of these things a lot. Yeah, we already talked about Kentucky Route Zero, so I'm I'm just gonna a video yeah. game about Jason. Yes, about Jason Voorhees. But also, well, there's yeah, Jason. About Jason. All the Jasons are here. The, Jason Sudeikis. There is. Jason. There is. A, <laughs> I thought you meant Mendoza. I was going to say there is. All the Jasons are here. Everybody's Jason here. Involved, but every Jason's here. Um, Super Jason Brothers. Oops, all Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so the video game adjacent thing. Ad, Jason. Oh God, you guys have ruined that. For ad me. Jason. Yes. Video game ad Jason thing it is GeForce now. I agree. Uh, I have been experimenting with GeForce Now. I've used it on several devices. I did it. And all- Talk to your kids about GeForce Now. Talk to your kids about Jason. <laughs> oh my God. But do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've but tried don't to. Don't murder your children. <laughs> I, I, I've tried it in several different scenarios now. One on my work computer after hours, uh, one on my home computer, <laughs> one on my phone, uh, you know, like in various places. And. It's been pretty consistent. Because you said that I was going to call your boss. Yeah, you were going to sound the alarms and just be like, hey, come come back from Germany on your trip and put this guy under arrest. But um, yeah, no, so I've been playing a couple of games on it, mainly uh, Disco Elysium as a way to just kind of see, like, to because 
that game has a lot of small text, which shows up pretty yeah. like mm-hmm. that's something that you want to look yeah. at, and uh, has a decent amount of motion when you're moving everything around with the camera. And like it, it doesn't have the most animations, but those don't actually matter that much. Uh, and the other one I was actually playing is Temtem, which is not a supported game. Uh, which has been nice to actually play a non-supported game and makes me feel like that's probably something they're going to patch out when it comes to the real release because if you know I imagine that the people who are selling their games want some agency but well cuz it's just stream streaming from like a virtual desktop right so essentially yeah I, I would expect their supported game list is hey we have tested these games we're mm. you know we're promoting them and then as it approaches actual release, they'll like kind of lessen that and be like, "Hey, here are game like here are games that we officially like have tested ourselves, and we you know say, hey, we all have a good experience with this, but like other games will be fine to play." Yeah. I would be surprised if they said, "Oh, you can't play these other games." Okay, yeah, I think you might be right about that um, because. The way I got Temtem to work was kind of janky. <laughs> it was I I managed to crash Disco Elysium. Like no, this was okay. on purpose. I fed it a whole ton of inputs to see what would happen. Uh like basically with a script and it crashed. Mm-hmm. And then it brought me to like just a straight up Steam like instance, like what you would see on your desktop. Oh. It just looked like you could see the store, libraries, friends, etc. And then I just went installed Temtem and hit play and it worked. So, uh, so (laughs) technologically, there's nothing stopping them. If you try and play a Steam game that you don't own, it takes you to the Steam interface straight away, so you don't need to force crash the game. Oh, okay, yeah, that's another way. Because I don't own Disco Elysium, and if I click to play it, having added it to the GeForce Now thing, it just boots up Steam and goes, "Hey, do you want to play it?" But I can click library and look at my library. Okay. Yeah, that's probably a better way to do it than <laughs> than writing scripts to crash the game <laughs> that you're actually playing. Um, but yeah, so and so that layer of it has been cool. The fact that it's literally just Steam under the hood, and then uh, you can play whatever seemingly. But the actual experience uh, in terms of the streaming quality and all that kind of stuff has been, I would say, fine. There's been like the compression on it, you could definitely see it. Like it's the kind of thing where I've heard people talk about. It's like if you full screened a YouTube video and you can kind of see like a little bit of like if you were looking at a perfect circle, not the band, but if you were looking at a circle that looks on your screen, just no ridges and stuff like that because of the aliasing, uh, you would start to see some fuzzy edges on it that you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't if it was rendered on your computer. Or like with the text, sometimes you get some weird kerning, you get some kind of like Fuzzy edges, some stuff kind of blends together a little bit in that kind of aliased way that you would get from a YouTube video that's at like maybe 720p, but you're blowing it up to a 1080p screen. Uh, so definitely getting that fuzzy compression, but none of it was unplayable. The input latency was pretty great. I it felt pretty indistinguishable from playing locally, honestly. Like uh, usually I'm because I play on a 144 hertz monitor, uh, so I did have like the um, G-Sync turned on and stuff, uh, and move my mouse around as I would on my screen, just because you can see that kind of uh, one-to-one movement. And yeah, it felt totally fluid. Like maybe slight latency depending on connection, but other than that, like when it was at its best, it felt just like playing on a local uh, local computer, which is great. Mm-hmm. 
Were you on Wi-Fi or wired in? Tried both. Yeah, I tried Wi-Fi and wired uh, Ethernet. Wi-Fi. Uh, I think my Wi-Fi is shitty. So every now and again, like it would go from being totally fine, and then it would just show this red icon, be like, "Hey, your connection might be might might be crappy." So and that, what would it like? Would the video quality like go down to like 480p or something? Or never that low, but but it would it would like get pixely and a little more compressed or something. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but I would say that the experience has been good. Um, nice. So I'm looking forward to trying more of it, seeing what would, they do to improve it and stuff like that. Would you pay five dollars a month? To use it, yes, that is the rumored price. I think. Currently. Well, if I was traveling more, I would say yes. Um, yeah. I don't know for me if it's that appealing because I do have a PC. Even my if my PC is kind of crappy these days, like it still works. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I yeah. ran into a situation where my computer died and I no longer could play games on it, then I think a hundred percent yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, we've talked a lot about this in our chat but it's to me if i were in a position where i was traveling uh because i don't need stadia i don't really need to stream g from geforce now i don't use steam streaming like i do in like the house but even then i use the nvidia geforce now or not geforce now g4 game stream nvidia game stream which is their which is much better than steam streaming it's like the codec or whatever they use is Mm -hmm much lower latency, higher quality video, uh, just generally better. Um, but I think GeForce now would be the one I'd want to use because it let me play games. I actually own assuming like I do that you'll just be able to play whatever once it like officially launches mm-hmm. and they just have that. Hey, we've tested this, these games for sure work. We can't vouch for other games, but you can try them. Right. Uh, yeah, so I if I was in a position where I was traveling a lot, I would probably gladly pay five bucks. To, you know, pay, oh, I'm going on a trip, I'll pay five bucks for a month to be able to play at an airport or yeah. in a hotel or whatever. Totally, like, yeah, because there's no obligation. Like, you can, well, actually, I don't know if they don't know. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know if they've released it so you can pay five bucks for one month. Like, kind of, you can do that with well, Apple. They have, yeah, you can there's, do that for Apple Arcade, right? Like, you can say, yeah, okay, I'm going to yeah. subscribe for a monthly whatever at this rate and then just cancel. Uh, I yeah. assume you can do that with this, but I don't know. Well, currently it's still in beta. And so the $5 is the rumored price. Right. Um, but yeah. Because they were apparently thinking 10, but they want to compete with like Microsoft and Google. So they're like, hey, if we go lower. And, you know, you still have those games on your regular PC. So if you're at home, you can still play them there. You're not. You know, locked to a specific console, yeah, uh, or you know, locked to a specific platform and can only stream them or something. Yeah, totally. But I'm looking forward to um, trying more streaming options. I'm signed up for XCloud Beta, but have not been contacted for it yet. Um, and Ooh, I don't. Darren, I, I need to get on the PSO2 Beta. I saw that you need to. I thought I read that you need to own an Xbox. Oh, not the, and be in the Insider program. No, uh, maybe they changed the requirements because all it requires is a phone, is what they say, and yeah. a uh, Bluetooth-enabled Xbox controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I maybe it's different, but I like I was gonna sign up because they're like, oh, we're opening like registrations again. Mm-hmm. But it was like you need to be in the Xbox Insider program own an Xbox and have like the phone and a controller. But yeah, I didn't maybe I didn't, that's different. Maybe yeah. Yeah, it was something else. Yeah, I didn't see those requirements when I was signing up. So but yeah, we'll see. 
Either way, X, uh, XCloud, uh, GeForce Now, good experience. Would recommend to at least try. Anyways, cool. I try to get into the Japanese beta, but I, I didn't get in. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's only also it's only for like SoftBank, which is cell phone provider SoftBank hmm. customers, which is weird. Uh, but they're I guess working with SoftBank for like data center stuff. Maybe I don't uh, know. that would probably make sense. But also. I don't know how it's going to work for Sam because they're no longer part of the European Union. So, <laughs> um, yeah, as of today, as of today, fuck everything. Well, right. actually, as of yesterday at eleven o'clock, for some reason. Yeah, I did see that. Is that anyway. was midnight in Europe? I think uh, mm. midnight in Brussels. But yeah, yeah, probably. But on a lighter note, <laughs> we can get away from the video game shit and start talking about the real shit. No, sorry. The um, real, the real good stuff. Are you to take us to a good place here, Alex? I am. What's up, Sam? Uh, I was going to say I'm currently. I literally have paused in the other room, the good place, with one minute left of episode forty nine. So if we could keep <laughs> the spoilers, no, this totally spoiler free. This There's... is spoiler free, especially since people, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the show, uh, go watch. Yeah. and I don't think I'm even going to spoil like. Anything from the first season. It's just going to be kind of in impressions on how they handled everything. Season two onward, fair game. Alex is going to spoil it all. (laughs) Scene by scene rundown. Okay, so the very last scene in the very last episode. No. Um, So yeah, uh, I was kind of late to the party on The Good Place. Like I know Allison and Sam, you guys have been watching it for way longer than I have. And you guys kept talking about it in our chat. It's like, all right, these two care about it. Obviously, let's give it a shot. And got like halfway through the first season and was kind of like this is not great <laughs> or like not maybe not not great but I was just like this seems fine it doesn't seem to be like something that people should be going crazy for and then finished the first season I was like okay yeah this is pretty great and then the second season was like yeah it's pretty great third season like yeah it's pretty great so it was pretty consistent after after that so totally on board with you guys uh, and by the time I had watched it, I was catching up. Like I think I got on board as the third season was ending, so I was able to see those kind of live, uh, which was good. So fourth season, I was watching week by week for a while, but then got really busy, so I just watched the last like three or four episodes in one chunk. Uh, and I will say, in my opinion, you guys can either agree or disagree. It's up to you. I thought season four was really strangely paced. I think... It the, was kind of. Like, I, like, I, sorry, I was just gonna say, like I, the, the first half seemed a little bit meandering and also like kind of slow paced, and also had these. It just kind of randomly introduced new characters that weren't really particularly well developed by the end of their arc. But and then the second, the second half was kind of like ultra fast paced, and it seemed like they were trying to wrap everything up and like uh just tie up as many loose ends as they possibly could. Like not saying that's a bad thing. It was just it was just a very strange season in that sense. Uh I don't know if you guys feel that way too. I, I mean I would agree with it. I, I still think it's like a remarkably consistent show considering all four seasons I think are quality. Yeah. Uh mm. but <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> But uh, but but I do agree that the pacing was a little bit uh, weird. Yeah, and, and maybe that maybe that kind of lends credence to the idea that they decided, okay, let's end this show. Yeah, totally. Um, they they want they clearly wanted to end it before it got genuinely bad, or at least like a dip in quality. Agreed. Um, 
But I will say like the last two or yeah, we'll say the last two episodes. So the the penultimate and the last one were probably the best that show has been in a lot of ways. Like I think one of the hardest things that a show can do is end because like not you it's very difficult to satisfy everyone and you know like ambiguous endings are always going to be more interesting than something canonical i guess because whoever it is has the mystery of like oh maybe it went this way maybe it went that way even if it's not ideal you know it gives people some kind of you can they can use their imagination they can kind of figure out what they want and you know uh so this show has a very definitive ending <laughs> it does but like I I feel like I don't know if I've seen people who are upset with it. Like no. I feel like it's most mostly most of the people that I've seen, including myself, feel like yeah, this is fitting. This is right. Yeah. And uh, totally. Alex yesterday was sending me links of people discussing it and like finding out more implications from it. And you're just like, oh, it, it like the, even the more you think about it, the more it feels right. Yeah, I would like to talk about those spoilers, but now is neither the time nor the place. Uh, no, uh, maybe we'll have a spoiler cast uh, eventually. Maybe, yeah, maybe after know, Sam is finished but, or something. But yeah, it's. I think it was a very good ending. Uh, yeah, it ended the way it should have. Like even yes. a, even if I was going in at this, like like I think you said this, Allison, going into the last episode. You didn't know exactly how you wanted it to end, and maybe the way it ended isn't how you wanted it to end. But the way they justified it and the way they executed it seems like it couldn't have ended any other way. Exactly. Yeah, because I feel like I was thinking about it. I, uh, if you asked me before I watched that episode, how do you want this show to end? I, you know, I, I, I could have a wide variety of answers, and I don't think this is what I would have landed on. But now that I've seen it, I don't think it could have ended any other way. So it's so, really good. It's a good show. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to getting to it. I stopped before the last episode of the third season because I heard it was real sad. Uh, mm-hmm. So I uh, was like, you know what? I'll just I'll wait until the fourth season's finished and then I'll enjoy. It's a really good so. show. But I have to say part of this is could be me being really emotional about the show ending. I cried so many times during that episode. <laughs> and then uh I like went to the bathroom and started thinking about it and started crying. And yesterday, Alex and I were talking about it. I started crying just because we were talking about it. So it's like, it gets you. It's not, it's not like, I don't want that to be a spoiler because I am also very emotional about movies and like media. So I cry at a lot of stuff, but this show got me. Yeah. I, there are definitely some parts that I could say, like, yeah, definitely was pretty much there. Uh, I almost wanted to give an example, but no, not yet. No, it's it. No spoilers. <laughs> I was uh, uh, the way they wrap up certain character arcs and yes. the method by which they do so are definitely yes. emotionally affecting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, speaking of Netflix shows that are coming to an end. Or have come to an end. Riverdale is in its final season. <laughs> is it? And it is. It is in its final season. Uh, there's How only a Arrow handful of episodes left. Riverdale, the most popular show on the internet. I'm Arrow's over, isn't it? Yeah, but like, it was in its final season this year, and it had like 
four more seasons before Riverdale started. This is oh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, well, well, I thought it was hugely popular. Well, I mean, it is, but like each season is like one school year, and they're in high school, and I guess they're leaving. Yeah, so I think they were always going to do four seasons of it. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, like the, the this season is. I, the last like, season three was wild and they've got, they're like setting up some interesting stuff for the end of season four. I want to uh, watch that show. I it's, don't watch it's Riverdale. Ridiculous. I you should look at Susanna Polo's screen caps from Riverdale that she posted <laughs> to Twitter. And she's like, Hey guys, this happened in Riverdale this week. And one of them was, uh, I think shirtless Archie stood in yeah. the middle of, a room of guys wearing like red clan hoods and they're all holding uh, knives. Whoa. Yeah. There's, there's a bunch of like cult stuff in yeah, season three. Season three is literally about an evil dungeons and dragons game. I, yeah. I haven't seen any of it. And literally the, the only thing I know, all just <laughs> literally the only thing I know about the show other than just like general Archie knowledge is that one of the characters does a strip tease to a cover of mad world. And oh god! Like, <laughs> it's yeah, like, it's a very good show. It's literally it's the so only good. thing I like. No, I'm like okay, Riverdale, Archie comics, striptease to Mad World. I'm like, it's so bizarre. And like the first season, I was like, what year is this? What like when does this take Maybe. place? Well, Where do these people live? What they should do is, is they should end the show. It's done, uh-huh. and then in like two or three years, come back and just say. We're launching a new show. It's called Riverdale with a whole new cast. Recast all the characters, start back over from their freshman year and just do another four years of weird batshit uh, stuff. I, apparently, well, in the Archie comics, like doesn't Archie become like president or something? Or yeah, Archie, he, yeah, there, or she dies. dies Archie. Yeah. So minor spoilers for Riverdale, but just like how out there it gets in season three. Season three of Riverdale, Archie is in juvenile detention in an underground boxing like yep. fight club. Yep. Uh, I've heard this. And he is attacked by a bear at one point. <laughs> and yeah, and it's just. Excuse me? Yeah, it's they break him out of prison. There's a prison break. Jeez. It's. Apparently, I need to get it's back into this. Do I need show. to watch this show? Yeah, yeah you've. I think you do, Allison. It seems like it's, a you show. It's a you incredible. Thing. Yeah, it's absolutely. Does inc- Archie have the map to the prison tattooed on his body? No. So I stopped watching that show like halfway through the first season because I got to the point where exactly they, where, the they where, where they made it to like the brooding Jughead and I was like are you yeah. serious okay I thought it was yeah, taking I've, itself seriously at that point and I was like okay no because oh. this was still <laughs> oh, when so it was see, out not, like, because I've, yeah. I've seen the whole like I'm a weirdo or whatever that is and I'm like okay no, no it's you. not it's all it's a, it's a joke see, it's yeah not, like yeah. I thought it was super self-serious because nope. it was only the first season that was out at that point so I was like yeah. oh, okay. no, it's very self-aware it's, okay apparently I should go back it's, to it it's <laughs> it's so over the top yeah. and like they're running a secret they're running a speakeasy out of the bottom of Pops <laughs> okay called okay. okay we'll, we'll and, check out Riverdale Sounds yeah good. I think you probably should yeah <laughs> okay Alex and I are just gonna get, like gonna live from, also, I'm not gonna say it's, I'm not gonna say it's good <laughs> but it is great yeah huh. interesting I, I also that is on my list and then also fucking Sabrina is on my list hmm. now like it's, I, apparently like, Sabrina tied got together. real bad it's like, that's oh, unfortunate that's, that's a bummer I've heard so, good things I, I heard the opposite 
I've heard a lot of people on my people that I know in in real life saying that that they have really screwed Sabrina up. Like that season one was amazing, and it's only been downhill from there. See, I heard the Sabrina that, comic is very good. I've heard that season two is like just is interesting because of the different like the the direction that it goes in is like they're very much going in a thing that works for me, which is like season one was all Satanist stuff. And then season two gets into like pagan pantheons. And then season three is supposed to be all eldritchy stuff. So it's, that's what my friend was saying anyway, is that it's very like the seasons have themes and that's something I enjoy. So I don't know, but you know, it is both good and great. The, the finale of Bojack Horseman. Oh, I was going to say you, but okay. no, no, certainly not. Uh, I like you a lot more than Bojack Horseman, Alex, wow. just so you know. Well, if we're talking about the character, I think that's kind of, no, kind I mean, of the point like of the show. More, I like you a lot more than the show. Oh, well, that's appreciated. But uh, but yeah, no, um, Bo- the final half of the final season came out for Bojack Horseman yesterday. So uh, being someone with no self-control, I watched all of it. Um, and it was split throughout the day. It wasn't all at once. Um, and it's really interesting because it also has a similar kind of feeling to the final season of The Good Place in that the pacing kind of goes a little bit haywire in some points, where it's just like, oh, wait, now we're wrapping up everything really, really fast. Uh, and it seems like the writers were like, oh, we had all these grand ideas. So we have like these plot points that we wanted to spend. I don't know, maybe a small two episode arc on in some other season, but it literally gets reduced to like a three second scene in the in the actual execution of the final show, where it's like, uh, uh, uh do you guys want one minor spoiler? No, 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 definitely okay, not. Okay, no. okay wait, wait. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge Sam, fan, but I haven't had time to watch it. I'm, I mean, Sam, headphones if, off. If people don't want spoilers, Sam, headphones fine. off. Oh. It's it's really minor. Uh, <laughs> Allison, you okay? It's pretty minor. Uh, cool. There's an there's a relationship they spend building up for the first half of the fourth season. Uh, the character Pickles, uh, and then Pickle Rick is in the show. Yeah, I'm sold. Fuck. But um, basically, the conclusion of that arc is taken care of with a text message. <laughs> and if you're not oh. paying attention, you could totally miss it. Like it, it, it happens off screen, and it's about three seconds long. But it seems like they wanted to give it like a couple full episodes, but they couldn't. <laughs> That's weird because I, I like I I am nowhere near caught up with it, but knowing that character, I was I would assume that there would have been. Yeah, but like it's stuff like that that made it More. feel a little bit fast. Um, but it wasn't bad, and honestly, it felt like a reasonable conclusion to that part. Uh, but I will say that the second to last episode of the show. Uh, is maybe the best episode in the entire series. Ooh, in a lot in general. Yes, uh, like I think it's possibly the best episode of that entire show, and it's just really fascinating in its execution. Uh, and I think that similar to the Good Place, it ends how it should. Like it, it has an ending, and uh, the way they wrapped everything up leaves enough ambiguity to like I was saying before where it's like you can kind of draw your own conclusions and that's a good thing it's not as definitive as the good place and also I think that's probably a good thing so uh, so fans of that show I think you'll be satisfied with how that show ends because the writing is really good all the way through but how do I know when I'm satisfied (laughs) (laughs) just wait 20 minutes 
it takes a while for your stomach to send you the signal. Mm. That's why you got to eat real fast. Yeah. Uh, and then that's yeah. why like when you go to Yakiniku or Korean barbecue, uh, you got to order as much as you can right off the bat and then just shove it all on your face. And also you can just go to the folder and look at all the videos if you really wanted. Mm. I assume we're talking about the same reference. Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but yeah, no, Bojack Horseman, uh, that's another one that might be worth a spoiler cast at some point. Maybe we should have a joint Good Place and Bojack Horseman spoiler cast. Since, hey, don't forget Riverdale. Since Sam, Allison, and I will have finished all of those. <laughs> and probably I will, I will definitely get to. Riverdale. I will definitely be able to finish Bojack. I don't know about Riverdale, but I'll, I'll start it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think we could at least have those two. <laughs> has, anyone, has anyone apart from me watched Sex Education on Netflix? No. It's I've heard so it's funny. Gillian uh, Anderson plays a sex therapist. Mm. At a like John Hughes style high school that's set in England, and the, all the cast are English, uh, but everything else is like John Hughes Americanized, and it's very very stylistic and cool. But it also happens to be very funny. Um, so the main character is the son of the of Gillian Anderson's sex therapist, and um, he is giving sex advice to uh, other kids at the high school um, for money. Uh, and it's like each episode is about a different problem that one of the kids has. So like in season two, there's one where uh, uh, young children don't listen to this. Uh, a, a girl is having sex with her boyfriend and every time she uh, reaches orgasm, she covers his face with a pillow and he's like, it feels like you're trying to kill me. And it's all, the whole episode is all about why, what she's doing, why she's doing it. And like, they, and like resolving her problem. It's really good. And that's just like one episode of season two. Season, season two is much better than season one. And season one is very good. Okay. Well, if you're a dirty pervert like Sam, then you can uh, check out uh, Sex Education on Netflix. There, there, or you can find are, our podcast on Pornhub. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of nudity in season one, but I don't think there's been any nudity in season two. So, all right, yeah, I'll probably pass. Well, but, um, <laughs> it's uh, very funny. It's just a good British comedy. While we're all sharing television show recommendations, I have to say, in the last episode of the first season of Clone Wars, Cad <laughs> Bane snaps someone's neck, and it says "bones crack" in the subtitle. <laughs> then he throws a grenade and kills a room full of people, one of which survives and reaches out to Aura Singh, who shoots him in the face execution style with a pistol. And then, like, Cad Bane proceeds to kidnap and attempt to murder an entire group of senators. That show gets fucking rough. That's awesome. I guess and- I won't watch that when I get Disney Plus next month. <laughs> no, I mean, you should. I'm amazed that they allowed that to be put on children's television. The Cartoon that show Network. Is- Dark yeah, as hell. That's awesome. <laughs> there's a, there's an entire episode of Riverdale where they're performing Carrie the Musical. Mm. It's like based around them producing and performing Carrie the Musical. Yeah. It's a good book. Uh, anyway. Also, in uh, the good place. That's it. In the good place. That's it for there's, there's, games, there's, I believe. One second, Sam. One second. In oh, the good place, sorry, there's, okay. a, there's a character named Patty who shows up near the end, and it's played by an actress that is amazing. And once you see that reveal, you will your mind will explode. Patty is, is it very Bob Odenkirk? Good. You saw that, right? 
that when they revealed who the actress was, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, I Sam, did you want to talk about Cold Timothy Steel? Timothy Oliphant appearance. No, not Timothy, Timothy Oliphant. Cold <laughs> Steel. Uh, so, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I just want to come. Um, I'm coming back around on this from speaking about it a few weeks ago. Um, I still think it's fantastic. It is. Uh, very much in similar ways to uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, it's kind of a persona light. So you have, uh, you know, activity points you can spend on your free days, but you only get one free day a month. Um, so that uses the calendar stuff in the same way Persona and Fire Emblem do. Um, but you, it's much more rigid in terms of the story structure. Basically, every month you get free day, then there's some story, then there's a combat exam, then there's a field trip, and the field trip is the majority of the chapter of gameplay. Um, so I just got to, uh, I just finished um, a few days ago, I just finished an extremely, extremely cool story section. Um, I don't want to talk too much around it because I know that Pat has said he's vaguely interested in playing. Absolutely. Or, or may, yeah. I have um, no, I will not promise a time frame for this. It may not be for 10 more years before I finish those games, but I do want to play them because they look really well, they'll cool. They'll finally be almost finished with the series by that time. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I do uh, intend to play Trails in the Sky before I play Trails of Cold Steel. So, Trails of Cold Steel 4 is the last Trails of Cold Steel game. Um, they've said they're working on a another series in the Trails series. Um, and. The, there's going to be some Gaiden games, uh, and they are remastering the two games that were never released in the West. They haven't said if they're releasing the remasters in the West, but they are remastering them. But at the next main, I think they're saying there's at least a trilogy left, but that's it. When that trilogy is done, the Trail series is done, and they're going to move on to something else, um, which usually will just mean that they have another JRPG but they'll set it in a new world with a new combat system because all of the um, all of the trails games have the same uh, the same combat system basically. Um, so I'm really enjoying Trails of Cold Steel. The characters are like slowly being basically every time you go on one of these field studies, you go to someone's home usually, and you learn more and more about the characters. So there were a couple of characters where I was like, oh, I know everything there is to know about this person. He is a kid who likes music. And then you find out that he didn't want to come to the military academy. He wanted to go to the music academy. And you find out why he did end up coming to the military academy, what the deal is with his family, like loads of stuff. Um, and everything kind of ties in with everything else. So uh, even though there's like a whole world of stuff that I'm missing, um, because I haven't played the... Trails in the Sky series, or um, the Trails to Zero, Trails... I can't remember what Trails to Azure is what the unofficial translation is, because they've never been translated into English. There's a duology where you basically play a cop in a small free state called Crossbell. Um, oh, Spider-Man. I believe it's called Crossbell. Yes. Crossbell is the state. <laughs> Well, but also the the game. I thought the games were called, was oh, called Crossbell. I think they're informally called the Crossbell Duology. 
Gotcha. Okay. Um, but they are they're Owl, Nokiseki, and something else. And Owl is zero, and I can't remember what the other one is. Sora Nokiseki, which I think is meant to be um, Azure. Azure is the unofficial translation to both. Um, but yeah, so I I uh, I'm really liking Legend uh, Legend Heroes Charles of Gold Steel, and I will be. I'm hoping to finish it this weekend because uh, I'm almost up to what I think is the basically at the beginning of Trials of Gold Steel. There's an abilities, so they show you a section where you're level fifty much later in the game, um, and I'm level forty two now. So I'm assuming I'm coming up on that. Uh, because the characters that you aren't playing when you go on the field study are leveled up to a set level every time. So, like, m- some of the characters that went on the field study are level 43, but, like, all the others are 42. So that shows you what rough level the game thinks you should be. Um, uh, so I'm coming up on... I think I've got one more month, which I'm in the middle of now, before I go on to the the... go back to the beginning. And then there's a there's an end section. I did see Michael Hyam on Twitter saying that the end of Trials of Cold Steel was about five to ten hours longer than he thought it was going to be. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask, does it go JRPG? Do you think it would like it's traditional enough JRPG to do the JRPG thing of having an ending and then having another ending and then probably another ending? Well, apparently it, has, it ends on a huge cliffhanger. Oh, good. Because <laughs> all of the Trails games, because they're designed to be kind of like novels in a series, like a fantasy series, like Game of Thrones style, they all land on huge cliffhangers. Apparently the Trails in the Sky cliffhanger is terrible. It's like Halo 2 level of like, oh guys, you should have just finished this sort of thing. Um, but although that that is apparently because the original Trails in the Sky was developed as one game and they realized it was too big and then they cut it into three chapters. Um, Cowards. Yeah. Um, I'd love to play a remaster that's just everything all in one, like a 300-hour JRPG all story. God. Um, That's terrifying. Could you imagine? Well, I'm currently 50-odd hours into Trails 1. Trails 2, you have to play twice. Mm. So... Hold so, on tight, everybody. I don't think I'm going to do that when I get to those games. So, I mean, obviously you haven't played it yet, but do you know, are there any meaningful like mechanical differences between the two? Like, Obviously Persona 4 and Persona 5 feel different to play because they added a bunch of systems. Do you know if they did that between 1 and 2 for here? So I don't know if there's any new systems. Um, I did catch a bit of gameplay in a YouTube video I was watching the other day. Uh, sure. Like of the combat and the menu is exactly the same. Okay, <laughs> so I guess we'll find out. Um, but there is, there's definitely a load of stuff going on that they haven't delved into at all, uh, and I don't think they have time to delve into. Um, there's a huge subplot with the main character who has like a giant scar on his chest, and it's like, and like he basically kind of. Super Saiyans at one point, which is not something that I have seen anyone else do in that universe or anything. <laughs> does he go beyond? It. Does he go beyond Super Saiyan? Beyond Super Plus Saiyan Ultra, two? you say? 
Oh, well, well, I, I don't know. The Super we'll Saiyan 2. I will, I will say, I was looking in the, the Trails in the Sky series. The games are not as long individually as Trails of Cold Steel. I think it's like 30 to 40 hours. Yeah, they? that's Whereas, the only reason that I would consider playing them first is because you can play all three of them in around 100 hours, which, like, God. I when I set myself to something, I don't know, I like I played The Witcher 3 in like a month, and I put 120 hours into that game in a month. Um, cause that's just like all I did with all of my free time. So the idea yeah. of playing the trails games over the course of five to 10 years is doable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have to say I'm genuinely tempted to get, um, to pick up a Vita so that I can play the trails two on the train simply because, uh, it's taken me a really long time to play trails one, uh, in the snatched 20 minutes, half an hour that I can get every few days with my PS4. Um, I managed to play about an hour this morning, which was great. Um, but I managed that by getting up at 6am. So on Saturday morning, and I know that Alex and Pat are both up at 6am on Saturday morning, but you know, um, but yeah, so it's, it's a really good game. I've talked about it a lot before, I guess, but, um, the story, the story's good. The, basically, the first two chapters of it are like, we're introducing the world. This is the state of the world. This is kind of the element in play politically because the game is, the, the story is very political. Mm. Um, it's basically about a civil war between a noble faction and a commoner faction. Um, and key figures in that faction are family members of main cast members. Uh, and it's kind of implied that you've all been thrown together to try and solve this problem before it becomes a civil war. Hmm. Um, Wait, when are we talking? Cool. Why are we talking about Fire Emblem Treehouses? <laughs> hey. yeah. uh, well, this game came out way before Fire Emblem Three Houses. So Nintendo. No games came out before 2019. You know that. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Um, Everyone knows that Fire Emblem Three Houses is the first ever video game. That's true. First and last. Yeah. Alpha and Omega. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, yeah, and Trails oh, yeah. 3 <laughs> is out on Switch. <laughs> but, Omega, yeah. Omega Sapphire and Alpha Ruby. Alpha Sapphire, Omega Ruby. Koei Tech apparently did the majority of the work on Three Houses, which is crazy. I found that hmm. out recently. You know what that means. Advanced Here Wars. comes Advanced Wars. <laughs> Well, we kind of uh, got did that. Did you with... call it Switch Wars? Did we even we talked about Wargroove, didn't we? Yeah, we did talk about it. That was, but that wasn't the same people. Yeah, but, yeah we talked about Wargroove. Yeah. Uh, I know Allison played it, but anyways, sorry, unrelated. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, the Trails Three is out on Switch, and it's out on Switch in okay. March. So oh, cool. my goal is to beat Trails One and Trails Two by March. If I have time, I will try the new game plus of two. But uh, I don't think I will have time. I will probably end up watching that cutscene on YouTube, like most people have suggested. Um, but I think it would be fun to be able to play it. Uh, so, yeah. Speaking of okay. long-running JRPG series out of those companies, has anybody played Atelier? Or nope. Atelier, however you nope. want to pronounce it? I have, I, I have one game on PC and one on Switch, but I actually like 
really genuinely really want to get into that series. It so seems I think yeah, that's going to be my next. It also seems project. kind of awesome, from what I've heard. It does like, sim- similar to uh, Trails of Cold Steel and all this, like all, all these games. Like it seems like it has just a lot of continuity between games, and it's telling a really interesting story throughout, like a just a long series. Yeah, and I've watched a couple of videos about it, and it feels like there's an really an interesting kind of world in some of these games, especially uh, from what I've heard, the Dusk uh, series, which they just re- re- uh, released those on Switch, um, re-released from PS3, where basically, from from my understanding, having just heard about it, uh, is that it's uh, kind of a world where... Um, like resources are scare, like becoming more and more scarcer, and the world is basically dying, which we cannot uh, relate to. But yeah. they kind of deal with that as part of the the that trilogy. Uh, but also just the 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 way that it uh, uh, emphasizes crafting and yeah, it seems uh, neat. Yeah, it's it's. I, I think that might be my next project uh, after I finish uh, Tokyo March Sessions is yeah. to play. Start getting started getting into those uh, Atelier games. There's a lot of them. There's there are a lot like, of them. They're also so like there's like two a year, aren't there? Usually, and and they're like all expensive on Steam. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I'm looking at them right now. They're yeah, all, they, I think they, I think minimum the one, of forty dollars. I think the one I got was I got it on sale, so I, I do think yeah. they go on sale. Um, but because and that's I, not a reason not to play them. I mean, they're all fully featured long. Yeah. so like oh, i'm sure. sure that they are worth they justify the price tag they're just i'm looking at like <laughs> to buy them all you would have to spend like four or five hundred dollars yeah i yeah. i yeah i'm pretty sure that's why i have it on steam other than i just buy a lot of steam games uh but it i i think i got it for pretty cheap yeah. so yeah they seem like good ones to get on sale yeah anyway yeah. sorry sorry to distract that just kind of reminded me yeah no that, that, that's definitely a, it's series that i aspire to get into <laughs> yeah when I when I am done with my current JRPG. All right. Well, there are twenty one games in that series in the base the base sick. series and another Boy, fifteen or so side games. God. Almost up there with Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> uh, well, uh, speaking of Kingdom Hearts, that brings us to the news. Hell yeah! For this week, should I start Kingdom Hearts Dark Road? It's a mobile game. I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, we don't know what it is still. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts Dark Road. It's about Xehanort, I guess. Cool. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, but one thing I do have thoughts on. Uh, World or Warcraft Three Reforged. Oh yes, uh, I love Warcraft Three. Kind of surprise. Oh, me too. A surprise launch of the Reforged, uh, like kind of remaster. Oh, cool. Uh, so it looks better. Came out this week. Uh, maybe kind of a little, little bit. Better. I mean, they patched in. Uh, they patched in widescreen support and like high resolution. Oh, the base I can't game. wait to play all my favorite like mods and maps. Well, Alex, too bad because uh, all the good maps like Anime Arena uh, have been taken out because Blizzard fucked up. Motherfucker! Uh, it and it, Metacritic score of Warcraft Three Reforged is point eight. Uh, out of zero one? point eight point is it out of a hundred? It's out of a hundred. Metacritic. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> the gamers are upset. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. The, so they, I will say uh, it does. I, I did see some people pointing out that uh, this has actually been the policy in StarCraft Two 
forever, um, which doesn't make it any better, but it was very much to be expected that this was going to be the way it is. In, uh, I think yeah. the big thing is it takes out a lot of the content that was in Warcraft 3 that was totally. very popular in yeah. Warcraft 3. It also deactivated, like, you can't play Warcraft 3 anymore. You can only play the Reforged version. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't yes. know that so part even, of it. Oh, man. It broke, or it didn't break, like, it, like, the servers or something. Yeah, I don't know exactly the servers what happened. The Reforged so version. it overwrote yeah. original Warcraft 3, essentially. Basically, like, yeah. you can still boot old Warcraft 3, but you can't, like, wow. I don't know if it's you can't play it at all, or you can't play online. That's rough. Like, I didn't know sure, that. Yeah. Yes. So Blizzard continues to be a garbage fire yeah. is basically the. And Jeez. so there's also some other weird things like animations are still like 20 frames per second, even though like you can like run the game <laughs> higher, but like units animate at 20 frames per second. Yeah. The cut scenes are like bad. They said they were going to do a lot of stuff like redo cut scenes and like some, I think some audio stuff and like add in and like change the story. And then they're <laughs> like, you know what? We're not going to do any of that. So there's and like I, no they work. Were, I think they were up. It. I think they were upfront about that stuff, but still, it's just it's baffling to me. It's baffling yeah. to me that they think they can continue to get away with this shit. Like <laughs> people are going to stop upset. buying their video. I mean, what am I saying? People are going to buy Diablo Four and Overwatch Two will fucking yeah. sell incredibly well. well. Everyone's saying boy that they're boycotting and now buying games are going to like. You're going to be able to do the the Call of Duty screenshot of a friends list of people playing. The thing, so. the thing is, and we've again something we've talked about in our private chats, but have not mentioned here. Um, but though Diablo Four and Overwatch Two are going to play amazingly, they're going to look amazing, like, and they're probably going to be real fun. But the issue with Blizzard is all their fucking management. Like they keep making yeah. these boneheaded yeah. decisions and just like completely anti. Like anti game players, like it's totally they're doing everything for the sake of you know fiscal, fiscal shit, and yeah. none of it makes sense. Like it, it's, I think it's even removed from Activision at this point because Modern Warfare isn't as insidious as a lot of the um, the Blizzard stuff has been over the past two. It's two, surprisingly two or three like years. a, yeah, I mean like it has a battle pass, um, yeah, and there's a lot of cosmetic shit you can buy, but it's not. Um, it's none not, of it feels yeah. none of it feels like uh oh fuck oh fuck I'm gonna miss out on this stuff. Like it feels very mm-hmm. much like whatever, if you want this cosmetic shit, you can get it or you can just play the game. It it's I don't know. Yeah, I'm, totally. I've been very impressed with how little they push the monetization in Modern Warfare. And and like all gameplay relevant stuff is totally free in that game. Yeah. I mean not free because you buy the game, but yeah. you and, don't have to pay for DLC or anything. And you know, if they've had players from Hong Kong, they haven't banned them from play for some, you know, <laughs> for voicing their yeah, opinions. I don't, know, I, I don't if know if that's super true. I haven't yeah. looked into that, but still, like, uh, I don't know. Blizz- yeah, Blizzard. I can tell you that there is no there that that Hong Kong does not have a team in the Call of Duty League, so that, I don't know that it will be an issue. <laughs> yeah, but just it's it's that higher level stuff that's been happening that just makes me really feel icky about Blizzard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and also, while we're on the topic of Blizzard. Uh, they have rolled out an update to Overwatch, uh, with the, and they have changed some stuff in the competitive. Oh mode. God, yeah, that was uh, so stupid. People, people have been asking for like a ban phase or something. You know, the ability to ban heroes is that what they call yeah. them? Heroes in uh, the competitive mode. 
to allow some like counterplay and you know like oh this hero's broken yeah. right now just ban which, them which which is but normal instead, in competitive yeah. games like let's say Dota like that is yeah. a mode you can search uh, for or like Rainbow Six Siege yeah. right you can ban uh, champion or I don't know shooters, I actually have never played Rainbow operators Rainbow. that's what they call I think they're called operators yeah, maybe not yeah operators uh, but Blizzard solution is you know what no we're gonna we're gonna rotate the available pool of heroes each week and we're gonna choose who is available. Like, why? So why dumb. do you have to make it more? Comp- Let people play what they want. But uh, if someone gets banned, they get banned. But it's it doesn't yeah, solve know. the problem really. It just makes it so people like some weeks will be worse than others because some weeks the p- champion or the heroes that are broken and will be available. I think I like kind of on that note to your point, Alex, about Diablo Four and Overwatch Two playing amazingly. I'm sure that you're right. I'm sure they will play amazingly. Diablo three plays amazingly. Diablo two plays amazing and amazingly. And Diablo one plays amazingly. Like yeah. overwatch one plays amazingly. They're going to make the same game again with some new stuff in it. And it's like, yes, they made some, they've made really good games in the past, but they very much make the same games over and over again. Um, um, I would disagree slightly, but please continue. Uh, but like when they tried to make Diablo different, everyone was like, this sucks. And then they made it closer to what it was originally, That's you true. know, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I mean, they certainly, they, they don't feel innovative to me anymore. Even Overwatch, which plays amazingly exists because Team Fortress 2 existed first. Mm-hmm. Like it's very derivative of Team Fortress 2 they have expanded upon that and made a wider roster of interesting characters for sure. But I don't know. I'm just very over their whole like thing of making the same game for a long time. I think that's super valid. The only reason I disagree is because um, when Overwatch came out, they had never made a shooter before. So that is different than anything they had done up until that point. So like, yes, you're, you're right. It is cribbed from Team Fortress 2, but like, that's kind of like for me, it's similar to saying like, oh, if Firaxis stopped making Civ for a game and then made like a battlefield. And I'd be like, huh? Yeah. I guess the thing is that like Overwatch came out in 2015. Yeah. So that was like the one kind of very new feeling game they had made in and I mean again, Hearthstone exists, but I think that's yeah different because that's it's still a strategy game. Like it it's it's different structurally, but it's drawing from groundwork already laid by other games like it actually is basically the world of warcraft trading card game that they that cryptozoic made but mm. they made some changes to it right so they simplified it so i'm almost don't count hearthstone but either way those are like two newish games that feel genuinely different in like 20 years yeah no i think you that's Not 20 years 15 years totally, totally valid but yeah uh my point with what i'm going for is like again I don't blame a single artist or an animator totally. or a programmer or a sound designer yeah. or anything like that. Uh, my my negativity towards Blizzard at this moment is purely focused a couple totally le- a couple levels above them. <laughs> yeah, there's there's super talented people at Blizzard yeah. that make things that make the games that they make and clearly have the have range to make other things really really well. So I would never like shit on a. a mid mid or you know whatever level worker there it's all in the decision making at the top of the company that is the problem 100 yeah. percent, yeah yeah uh 
the gamers are and will continue to be upset. Gamer. Uh, next up, yeah. <laughs> next up on the news list, uh, Alex hey. Steins Gate Zero Elite. Yeah, that'll be really cool. Um, what what is Steins Gate Zero? Okay. What, is, what, what does it mean uh, okay. to be Elite? Okay, wait. Steins Gate Zero is an alternate version of Steins Gate. No, it isn't. Based on a different timeline, isn't it? It's not an alternate. Um, oh, God. So <laughs> it, there is a bad end at the end of Steins Gate, which is the canonical bad end, which then you go okay. through it and then it resolves into the true ending. Uh, but like some okay. stuff happens in that bad end that they kind of hand wave away, being like, "Oh, this happened over the course of like thirty years." Uh, that they're like, "Oh," and then like it, it adds weight. Steins Gate Zero is breaking out of that bad end and showing that whole story, like that whole basically like thirty year story. Um, so, it, so it's like if in Zero Time Dilemma, that's the second one, yeah. right? Third one. Third one. Sorry. Uh, Virtue's last reward. Virtue's last reward. Wait, no. Okay, no. It is the third one. That's like if they went from the end of the third uh, nonary game and showed you between the end of that and the beginning of the second one, (laughs) or that one ending, Uh, (laughs) the the canonical ending, like bad ending. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that's not that's not that totally ninety year period. Or yeah, whatever. that's not totally unreasonable for a comparison. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's a whole separate story, but it's still technically part of the main Steins Gate game. But Steins Gate Zero is far darker, and it's really it's really good. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Right. So so Elite is just the like the remaster like yeah. up yeah like updated version like what we got with Steins Gate last Correct. year. It's gonna have the same treatment, okay. but I'm also very interested because while there was an anime of Steins Gate Zero, it's also very different from the VN, so they can't just reuse all of those yeah. assets from the show. So they might have to make like completely new stuff, and I'd be interested in seeing how they do that. Okay. Well, uh, next up on our list of news is they made an Animal Crossing Switch. Yeah, it looks so good. Yep. It looks so good. Yeah. I, I've, I don't even care about Animal Crossing, but I'm like, damn, oh yeah. I want I'm not going to play Animal Crossing, but I'm tempted by that Switch. I am so tempted. I won't. But that is me exercising a lot of restraint here. So, like, just know the level of restraint that me not buying the Animal Crossing <laughs> Switch is. It's so I good. thought the Joy-Cons are cream, and I'm weirded out by that. <laughs> That's hmm. cream. Get the money. Dollar, dollar, bill. Uh, true, true. No dollar, dollar bells, y'all. Oh, oh my god. Dollar, dollar bells. All right. Well, that's it for what? What uh, would you? What switch would you like to see? Which branded switch would you like to see? Like in this style, kind Gal of. Gun, an Outer Wilds one made out of wood. And a, okay. Gal Gun. No, <laughs> no. Look, you can print whatever <laughs> anime porn you want to put on your Switch yourself. It's called hentai. <laughs> okay, and it is an art. Thank you very much. Gal Gal Gun is not a hentai. It's an H <laughs> E. I'm not doing. I'm not doing this. This is not what this podcast is about. This podcast has always been edgy. What are you talking about? 
Uh, All right. Well, with that, that's going to bring us to our newest segment. What? What? New. New segment. That's very much in use in other places. (laughs) You can't do news uh, beeps. uh, We got um, we we got some questions from listeners. Hell yeah, we do. Uh, We're going to we're going to read them. Maybe we'll answer them. Maybe not. We'll we'll see. Well, you know, we'll say, "Hey, why would you ask us this? This is you're you're messed up, man, or or lady, or, lady. <laughs> or, or, or non-binary <laughs> person." All valid. Uh, all right. So you're all valid, but you're messed up. <laughs> so uh, speaking of messed up, you're valid, but you're perverse. <laughs> I mean, I just I think that's a that's a what a beautiful statement. You're all valid, but you're messed up. <laughs> Uh, speaking of messed up, our first uh, question comes in from Sam on Twitter. Uh-huh. Best Fast and Furious character. Huh. Uh, well, Sam, uh, thanks for writing in. Speaking of perverts. Uh, like, is it Hobbs or is it Shaw? Now, guys. It's neither. It's Han. There's only one correct answer, and it's Han. And if you say otherwise, you're out uh, of here. I haven't seen the movies, but isn't it Michelle Rodriguez? She's no. also very good. But she gets fridged so and then she gets unfridged. You you really uh, should watch. God, those movies are so good. Okay. Look, can, let's talk. I wouldn't be surprised if like about Ludacris. Ludacris is also very good. I don't That's know. The thing. There's t- it's his too hard to pick name. a favorite. I want to say his name is Chris. It's Tej. Tej. There we go. Ludacris is great because they didn't really have anything for him to do, so they made him the hacker. And yeah, so, in the first movie, he's just like a money man, yeah. and like he has like connections. But in five, he comes back and he's like is super smart, and like he's not not smart in two, but he is very good at like hacking saves and knowing security systems and things. Randomly, Reminder: very good uh, at There's also a very good Kurt Russell character in in Fast yeah. and Furious. He's Mr. fine. Nobody. Uh, there's also uh, you know Charlie who's the Theron worst character? Has a bowl cut in Fast Nine. Like uh, I thought, you know, she like sucked a in the Naruto character time. bowl cut. It's bad. Uh, you know who the worst character is? It's yeah. the guy they got. It's Clint Eastwood's son who they used to replace Paul Walker in Fast Eight. Yeah, Scott Eastwood in Fast Eight. He's the worst character. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Moving uh, on. Alex, did you watch the Fast Nine trailer? No, I have not. Uh, there's an extremely funny, ludicrous joke in it where this guy's like, "Look at this," and he's basically just got an old card strapped a rocket engine to the top. Yeah. And Ludacris uh-huh. goes, is that a Pontiac Fiero with a rocket strapped to it? And he's like, impressive, right? And Ludacris goes, no, it's not. It's not impressive. <laughs> the delivery is what makes it funny. <laughs> the delivery and it is, is very, very good. That sounds it's, so dumb. I love it. It's extremely it's, it dumb. It is very dumb. <laughs> and it made me think, oh, they're going to space. Okay, thanks, Siri. Uh, All right, next question comes in from Alex on Twitter. Not not me. Does Mario fuck? Does he seal the deal, or is it a form, uh, or is it a form of Sisyphusian torture, where at the end of each game she gets kidnapped again and so on forever? What a question! What is wrong with you? (laughs) 
Look, we talked You're valid, about- but what is wrong with you? Oreo and peach are both asexual. Next question. Uh, but. I'm not going to. But. Luigi Fox. Oh, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, so with toads. Gooigi Fox. I'm not going to I'm not going to say that about Luigi. Fox Luigi, Luigi. But- Jesus. Uh, is that masturbation? No. <laughs> is that masturbation? I'm just asking how questions. Do, how, do, uh, how do toads I've reproduce? I've seen the original Ghostbusters. Like, uh, they grow uh, from the ground. Right. They grow from poop, like mushrooms do. All right, next question. <laughs> wait, how from, do, uh, wait, so Birdo. What's up with that? <laughs> Does Birdo fuck? What isn't up with that? Uh, well, obviously, she's got... He, she, Birdo's a got, he. Birdo is a he. Got them eggs. Huh. Okay. So, to fuck to get eggs? I don't know. No. <laughs> no. Next question, Chickens lay eggs. But every day. If you, uh, yes. But I mean, <laughs> if you got eggs, presumably you want to fertilize them eggs. Not anyway, necessarily. Moving on. Moving on. What's your most anticipated indie game this year from uh, Cheska? Uh, this is a very small uh, title that I don't think many people have heard of. It's called Animal Crossing New mm-hmm. Horizons. Indie game. Independent. I'm pretty uh, tra- sure. Trails I... of Cold Steel 3. <laughs> That's also doesn't count. Those They're games indie. are not published. They're an indie publisher. No. They're published by NS- NIS America. They're indie. Uh huh. Sure. Anyways. Independent. <laughs> Anyways, I'm pretty sure I've been shouting about this since the start of the podcast, but whenever Mineko's Night Market comes out, Mm. I'm so excited for that game. Yeah. Uh, I'm also still looking forward to Neko Barista, even though it was supposed to come out halfway through last year. Uh, And also, I'm interested in Super Meat Boy's, uh, Super Meat Boy Ultimate, is that what it's called? Forever? Forever? Thank you. That's what it is. Believe it or not, Neko Barista was probably was going to be my initial answer because oh. uh, I'm very excited for that game as well. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah. Um, barring that, um, I think the I'm really interested to see um, Noita's full release. Mm, yeah, it's in early access, so it's kind of a cheat because we already like it's already been really well regarded. Um, but uh, I'm kind of waiting until they finish it, and that comes out. It, like, it's supposed to be out in like September-ish, if their early access thing holds true. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, at this point, I'm just, I'm just kind of interested in seeing what Annapurna puts out next, because they've been so consistently good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think for me, it's the thing I'm most excited for. I don't know yeah. what it is Same yet. Um, yeah. I'm excited to be surprised. Like, yeah. For, Example, when I was looking up Cook Serve Delicious things, there's this game that just came out a couple days ago called Coffee Talk. I that's like I really want to pick that up. That was actually Yeah, it's uh I I've been trying to do better about not buying every game I want right away. Yeah. <laughs> so that's been my goal, which I sometimes I failed at like when I purchased uh, uh Cook Serve Delicious the day of launch. Uh <laughs> but uh Coffee Talk looks like it's a really, really interesting thing yeah, in the it's um, in the ra- uh, vein of like V eleven Hall A, Valhalla. yeah, it looks Valhalla. like Valhalla, yeah. but but with coffee instead of beer, basically, or you know liquor. So anyway, yeah, there's stuff like that. Half Life Alex, <laughs> technically an indie game. Yep. Okay. Don't uh, the on. most well funded indie indie studio in the uh, world. I don't have VR, so I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, no, me neither. I just thought I it'd be funny be to say. I'm just going to be sad about it uh, because it, I don't want to play it in VR, but I love, love I'm I'm not excited for it. I want to, like, it's weird. I want to play it, but I'm not really anticipating it because I am sure it will be a cool Half-Life game. And also it will be a VR game. And that's always a pain, even if, like, unless it's running natively on Quest, doing VR is a pain. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, next question from Lalmanade on Twitter. If Sakurai gave you free reign to make one selection for the second fighter pass, what would it be? Mine would be Bub and Bob, and they would work similarly to Ice Climbers. Have to knock both out to get the KO. That is not how Ice Climbers work. You have to knock out Nana? No, not Nana. The other one to get the KO. You can knock out one, but you, if you don't knock out the main one still in the game, what would their moveset look like? We don't necessarily have to do that part, but who would you want to see in the next Fighters Pass? The ship from the Outer Wilds. Edelgard. <laughs> <laughs> 2 OP. Edelgard. Edelgard. I know that there's yeah. no way to do this in any reasonable way. But if they Goku's not going in Smash, no, Allison, <laughs> give it up. I know. <laughs> yeah, every, the number one thing anyone knows about me is that I love Goku. Uh, yep. No, uh, if they were able to do <laughs> <laughs> You broke Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sad for that joke. Because, okay, but <laughs> um, if they could do like a uh, Pokemon trainer, but with all the characters from Octopath Traveler. Give that to me. Oh, that would be cool. Okay. My real answer. Well, that's not true. That's also a joke answer. Uh, what, about but what if they cool? put John Cena in Smash? Yeah, that is a joke answer, Pat. John Cena, uh, Pokemon trainer. He plays different. He's the Marine, a wrestler, or Dom's brother. Or the. Or no, no. And his. 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 Uh, his Super Smash? Is that what the move is? The final move? Smash. His final Smash is he butt chugs and then he gets super strong <laughs> and then he I think uses the his movie. seventh move of Doom, the Lightning Fist. I think my I only have joke answers because my real answer would have been Banjo and Kazooie, and that happened. Mm-hmm. So can I just? I, I, can I, I just? I don't give any joke answers. Edelgard, Claude. Yeah, let's just know, put in the, let's the put in some more let's that's, put in some more fire that's emblem. That's what everyone wants. Yeah. Oh, but but my idea emblem. with that was that you have all um Ilogard, Claude, and Dimitri, but there is another Pokemon trainer like thing where you just use but, all of them. Yeah. So so Byland <laughs> just like throws out those three. <laughs> that would yeah. be funny. Yeah, like but, giant, but I mean like, like then you attack. Co- but then you consolidate that so that you only have one new fire emblem character versus having three new, mm-hmm. especially if you're no, doing it in the fire attack. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> On All screen right. at the same time. Right. So my three you should, of the five you characters should, in the next fighter pack: Aelgard, Claude, Dimitri. Done. You should make a reset era thread about that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I think my pick would have to be an op from Counter Strike. Like it, it's just it just it just <laughs> okay. That's also a joke. It self propels and it can no scope and. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my answer, serious answer, the. Uh, ma- main character, I guess, from Sayonara Wild Hearts. Oh, that actually, that'd be really good. That'd be interesting. I'd be into that. Oh, fuck, let's get... What I don't about? know what the moveset would look like, but there'd be a motorcycle and, like, is, a sword. Wait a and, minute. And, like, you'd shoot some shit. Is that character the Wii Fit Trainer, but, like, ten years earlier? Wii Fit mm. Trainer, but Wario because of the motorcycle? 
Yeah. Can I, or yeah, a sword. Yeah. So it's also a fire emblem character. It's the best of all worlds. How about, how about Florence from Florence? God. How about that would just a make me cry every time the character shows up on screen. I mean, yeah, put a monster hunter in there. Could maybe. we reasonably see Goose from Untitled Goose Game show up in um, Yeah. I think that's an assist trophy. If they put Piranha Plant, they can put the Goose. How about the Goose wouldn't ever be able to win, though. The Goose would just like would never fall off. Because you could just sort of you, you couldn't back. control the goose; it would just do what it what it wants. You pick a direction, could, like, and it just runs in that direction until you maybe move change the input, and then it, it it's like, eh, I'm gonna run over here, and now. it only hops okay. or grabs things. I, I do have one I'll serious like, answer. Nine. Uh, okay. Yeah, but they already had a near character in. Um, oh, what was that game? Not Dead or Alive. Soul Calibur has to be in it. Rumble it Roses. Um, but uh, I think you could have Madeline and Badeline from Celeste. Ooh, that'd be good. That could be fun. That would be. You, yeah, you could be like, be Madeline and then like for some of her moves, send out uh, Badeline. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be, that'd be pretty good. All uh, right. Last question of the episode. Uh, from... Eric Gettinger was on two episodes, two episodes ago, ago from the uh, and also our, our question about does Mario fuck from Alex. He was also on three episodes ago, I believe, uh, from the Super GG radio podcast from Eric. Should I go beyond plus ultra? No, only if o- only if Ari is with you. Uh, so um, I'm going to say if you go beyond, you have to go. You have to go, so the, like you can go to Super Saiyan, but then you can go beyond a Super Saiyan. You can call that Super Saiyan Two. Allison, can you but then you can go, <laughs> you can go oh, even yeah. further beyond Super Saiyan to a Super Saiyan that has surpassed being a Super so, Saiyan. Sam to uh, Super Saiyan Three. No, if you. Sorry, go ahead. Are you going to slowly read out that, every single level of Saiyan? Then you can go if you get past like Super Saiyan God, then you can go Ultra Instinct, and not plus Ultra, Ultra oh Instinct, God. please. Uh, so that's what you should do. Is you one should of the, get Ultra Instinct. Not even the gods can master that. One of the classmates in Trails of Cold Steel, so they all have like swords and bows and arrows and like magic staves, and then just one of them has a shotgun, <laughs> just like a big shotgun. Okay, and he like <laughs> fully cocks it in cutscenes. It's very funny, but. As a serious answer to that very serious question, only if Ari is with you, and that makes sense if you've caught up to season four. Uh, I've only watched uh, My Hero Academia two heroes, so <laughs> I could give well, you answers based on that movie and that movie only. Yep. Well, in, spoilers. No, just not today. Spoilers in season four, Deku goes up to a hundred percent. And he almost dies because of he it. Opens all eight, but doesn't he, he do it all with the muscle man? And muscular, doesn't his, he go past one hundred percent? Explodes or something, right? But he goes sustained past one hundred percent for like twenty minute um, fight in this, and he should have died. But the only reason he didn't is because Ari was involved. So only she has a cool horn. 20, I see. She does have a cool horn. So only go beyond if you have Ari with you. Excellent. Don't never go Kaioken times. <laughs> if you guys have great questions for us that are as good as all these questions, 
uh, email them to us. Andre, what's the email address? Uh, you can email them to us at <laughs> gaming at fix.space, or you can find us on Twitter at fix podcasts uh, and send them to Alternatively, us if you have way worse questions than this, you can please go send to the Pornhub. <laughs> please definitely oh, send them in. <laughs> yeah, if you have worse uh, questions, send them straight to me. If you have any questions, if you, you need. If you need life advice, we're the place. Yeah. We've got our lives together. We have a podcast. We're qualified. I've, I've listened yeah. to dancers. None of us are brothers, but we could probably do it. What? I have brothers. <laughs> I have brothers. There's a very popular show called My Brother, My Brother oh, and Me oh, that is an yeah, advice okay. podcast. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, not very no, popular, I'm... but extremely good TV show. It was extremely good. It was a good show. It's uh, my favorite yeah. TV show of all time. Wow. I wouldn't go that far, but that's pretty <laughs> that's, good. I, I watch yeah, it let me tell you about Riverdale. Wow, that's... Like, I watch Riverdale. it, I, I'm like, I haven't seen it in two months. I'm going to watch the whole series from The episode where again. Justin is driving around a tiny car and dragging, like, a crowbar or whatever yeah. it is on the ground is very funny. <laughs> uh, where, he calls, where he calls Ellen's agent. And yeah. Also, the one where uh, Travis aggressively punches Justin hard <laughs> not in a joking manner over the hey, spider thing and yeah, then has to don't apologize hit. I really like the um, uh, Justin goes do you know what I'm actually uh, I've made a decision fuck this and then just walks out of the room and the spider's in there <laughs> yes anyway sorry yeah, do you look like uh, some bread that a cape got on and I, I wish I still uh, enjoyed listening to my brother, my brother, my brother, and me. Yeah, I don't enjoy the podcast, but that show I could watch over and over and yeah. over. It's uh, quite quite funny. Uh, if you want us to get a TV show, share us with your friends. Review us on uh, iTunes or wherever fine podcasts can be yeah, reviewed. If you yeah. if you do have the opportunity, please leave a review. It helps us very much in getting kind yeah. of out there and so more people can write extraordinarily stupid questions to us <laughs> and if you write a good review maybe we'll read it yeah include we'll find include it. some like etchy questions in there and andre will have all the answers oh god the more reviews we get the closer I, we are no to getting so netflix deal. i've been <laughs> i've been considering starting to write romance novels because there is a seattle's getting a hockey team <laughs> oh yeah that's uh, a natural that's a very game. natural Just, one to no. one. yeah allison knows. allison knows Hockey romance is fucking allison shit. knows so we we <laughs> they they one of the reasons they're not going to use the name the sockeyes for the seattle hockey team is because there is a local author who writes romance novels about the seattle sockeyes the nhl team they're the team in her books uh-huh. and uh-huh. Uh, unfortunately, I found out that it is not the Seattle Sockeyes having romances with each other, which sounds good. Although there is, instead, is there's uh, certainly fan fiction about it. I bet oh. uh, hockey fan fiction is is a is a thing. Uh, anyway, I decided I could write romance novels about baristas in Seattle because I did a Google search and nothing came up. I'm sure that there's somewhere deep in like. Libsyn or like Amazon, Amazon. self-publishing. Someone's it's written on Amazon. But, but I think that that's an untapped vein. 
Well, you yeah, just put I, it out there. You know what I'm, if you know what I'm saying. TM, 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 TM. Save this podcast, <laughs> save this podcast oh, onto a USB Email stick. You have to go to the drugstore, buy a USB stick, and then <laughs> save the podcast to it. Mail it to yourself. I don't even, I don't even want to keep other people from doing this. I just, <laughs> let's create a community. That's an extremely gaming fix chat group only related joke that Andre just made. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe Alex can mail you a, a USB yep, stick. No problem. Yeah. I almost yeah, bought a Valentine's Day card today to... from Seattle. Why? Uh, anyway, uh, because it was <laughs> a, we got to wrap this an up. Arrested yeah. Development Tobias Fionke uh, Valentine's Day card. It's it's two a.m. Wrap this up. <laughs> Good night, Andre. You wanted to slowly uh, read every single Super Saiyan level, so I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, hey, it's not my fault that this is what it is to go beyond a Super Saiyan, a.k.a. Super Saiyan 2. I still don't trust you. I'm uh, waiting for Allison to give you the definitive answers. Mm. Uh, I be- uh, yes. What he said. That's the answer. That's the answer, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. You can find... Again, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Fix Podcast, where you can send our questions and you can support our campaign to get the rock on Bon Appetit. Uh, or on content. Gaming Fix, whatever. We're not picky. Yeah. Actually, uh, I why not both? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I so at Fix Podcast. You can email us at gaming at fix.space. You can find me, Andre, aka your girl's favorite Fast and Furious movie, at Cool Sloss, C O O L S L 4 W. Pat, where can people find you? You can find me at PJC Plays. I want The Rock to come on the podcast instead of Jason Statham. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Um, and Alex, where can people find you? Uh, what's that thing called? Bite? Didn't you sign us oh, up for oh, didn't, yeah, you, didn't you sign us up for Bite, Pat? I got to launch the app. <laughs> I have. Uh, I, was, I downloaded I Bite. St- but I installed also that application. I have not launched. I just it. wanted to score my once. username. That's all I wanted to do. Uh, you can't find. You can't. One time, someone messaged me yeah. on Instagram trying to get my username, <laughs> and they're like, "Give me your username. I should have it." I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. I should have made him pay me. Yeah, probably. Yeah, um, but you can't find me anywhere. So other than that, that's okay. it. You can't see him, aka he's John Cena in the new Fast and Furious yep. movie. Let's get the rock game, know. John Cena. Allison, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at W-R-I-T-E-R-S-E-R-E-N-Y-T-Y. Great. And Sam, where can people find you? You can find me on Byte at, uh, <laughs> give me two seconds to register my S-G-C-H? Yeah, that's what I'm going with. <laughs> I've literally, I register for every new social network just to squat on S-G-C-H in case it, in case. it takes off. Cool. I've squatted. We have SGCH. Sick. Good to know that that's the method for getting SGCH out there. You pop a squat and then it just kind of pops out. (laughs) God. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us, everybody. 